Welcome to the Joy of Television Podcast, Episode 10. I am Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And we are here with Part 3 in our end of the year slash beginning of January slash um, best of lists uh, extravaganza. Yes. Um, All of that. And, uh, you know, for each of us, we have a different topic that is, is, is you know, our, our primary interest. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of us, we have two. This is definitely one that I'm absolutely most excited about. Talking about TV in this age is amazing. Um, you know, what are there, a lot of things they call it peak TV and the new golden age. What else do they call it, Jordan? You, you know some of those things. Real good time yeah. to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, really good time to watch TV, right. I mean, it's gotten to the point where we have over four, just in the drama side of things, there's over 400 scripted TV shows that, are, that we're on this year, which to me is insane. I mean, it's a, it's a real uh, feast if you, if you want to watch some good television. For me, who's always indecisive about what I want to watch, I'm like paralyzed half the time looking at my Netflix queue. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want to watch today? But... You know, uh, there's no when you have more options, you get you tend to get more quality. Um, and so I'm really excited about the state of TV. It's gonna be really fun to talk about. Absolutely, should uh, be. Yeah, yeah. No, this one I think will have more overlapping for the most overlap out of the three that I'm uh, on here. But you mean category all, overlap? Category, or, or, yeah. or, or between us? Oh well, I know for me, like just for me, I don't know about you guys, but like I feel like for you me, and my... Rich are gonna overlap. But yeah, why? we're we are. God, there's I'm a sorry. couple. There's I a can couple imagine. big elephants. Of there's the year. Not, like, I wonder what those are that we're um, really pumped about. But no, I'm really excited about this one. I mean, like, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was an exciting year. And what is what is? Tell me, what is your guys' take on 2016 in television overall? I mean, it seems like it just gets better and better but but then there are some things that we lost you know this year a lot of some certain shows like person of interest went away um we just got news actually this this is i'm throwing something else in here but uh girl meets world is going to be canceled so there's some good news and some bad news this year what do you think of as a year it was a year i don't know it was a it was a solid year i watched a lot of superhero television so there was a lot of good superhero television and gotham there yeah. were which falls into that so bad it's good category. Yeah, there was a lot of surprises, a lot of anthology shows that came and had new seasons or started or got announced. Uh, there's a lot of interesting shows on the horizon. There, but there are, like, always Twin are. Peaks and yeah, yeah, some really really crazy stuff. Uh, this year brought us, you know, I, I can't. It seems like it wasn't this year, but this year was X Files reboot. Oh, that was. Um, yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. So, so big things like that coming. One mention it's probably getting in this entire. That is for <laughs> fucking sure. That is for sure. But things like that. Um, is this the year we got the Heroes reboot too, or was that last? It started last. I think it might have ended this. Early. Yeah. Well, it was like twenty fifteen. Yeah. yeah, it was a short thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of exciting stuff like that. Obviously, this year, the, one of the big elephants is, is Westworld. It's a, a show that was um, delayed a little and it had a lot of development issues. Uh, it came out, you know, depending on your opinions, a lot better than a lot of people were expecting or, you know, miraculous or meh, you know, depending yeah. on your views. It's, it's definitely a divisive show, but an interesting one that we'll be talking about today for sure. Um, there's a lot of great uh, half hours. Half hours on TV have really... Um, risen up as I mean you know sitcoms were always great but half hours have really been redefined in the last couple of years with shows like Atlanta um, uh, you know um, I, there's just so many you're the worst um, shows like that 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 really catastrophe shows that that balance between drama and comedy transparent 
um, and really blur the lines of, of what a half hour is anymore. Yeah. And that's really cool. I mean, shows were starting to do that more and more, but now it's really gotten to the point where it's like shows almost don't have a genre. Um, and they're just like, here's a great show about these great characters that's, that is just fascinating. So yeah. it's interesting as the lines blur and things get redefined. Sure. Absolutely. So anyway, um, why don't you give us a rundown, Jordan, of how we're framing our discussion today? Uh, well, much like film, we've got a lot of the same categories. We've got our most disappointing show, our most best, <laughs> our top three. Uh, Jordan's on point. Surprise. Yeah, on point. Most disappointing, most surprising, worst, uh, best scene, best episode, best character, and best performer. Uh, so I think this is the most categories we have outside of... Well, gaming might have had... As many, if you heard a page turn, that's because I was turning a page. Uh, but a lot of categories, a lot to talk about. Um, but it seems like that means it's smart to get right into it. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Kevin, yes. I'm going to start with you this time. Okay. What was your, we're going to start with, your best scene. Best scene. Okay. So, this is, comes from a show I've talked about a lot on the show so far. Um, it was one of the new ones, but... Uh, my favorite scene, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was debating on this one, actually. But when it came down to, it was one that connected with me the most. Um, and so, in Speechless, uh -huh. there is an episode where, um, there's a two-parter where JJ has this crush on a girl. And in the second part, um, he tells her how he feels. And he gets rejected. And, they're, um, and they do this sequence where... Um, like after uh, um, he had told her, and then he's back on um, on the beach talking with his brother Ray about this, and um, and it's this really cool moment. It's not super cheesy, and it feels really authentic. And um, you know, I, I've talked, and I'll be talking about the show more today. But um, the um, the you know, I've being physically disabled, it's really cool to see a show handle this material so well. Um, and do it in something that's funny, but also hits on really emotionally um, invigorating moments like this because, you know, I'm getting rejected by a girl um, in high school is something that happens to a lot of high school guys, you know, and that's a very sure. human thing. It's very universal. Exactly. And I can only imagine what that would be like when you have even more challenges thrown right. in there. Well, but the thing is, is like, I'm glad that they went that route and didn't have it like, uh, you know, she feels sorry for him kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they made it honest and they made it um, like he goes through exactly the same struggles as any other, you know, high school um, adolescent teenager. And so... To see that and the way it played out was really cool for me because it's a really funny show and I really, you know, it's one I can't recommend enough. I mean, in terms of like, is this a um, show like I was talking about that really blurs the line between half hour and drama? I think so. Well, I mean, it's it's you know, very it, much it's, a comedy. It's very much a sitcom, yeah, absolutely. But um, that doesn't mean it can't, you know, have a lot of truth there and have a lot of moments that really hit on things that you're like, uh, you know, similar to how like Jordan felt about Edge of Seventeen. Like, J.J. is totally me. That's, like, I mean, like, yeah. and my caregiver, Randy, who you guys know, is, yeah. like, that's, is Kenneth. It's totally that, like, that, our relationship there yeah. is just... There's a lot of truth there. Oh, they must have they must uh, have people with that exact life experience in the writer's room. There's no way that you would get there otherwise. Well, Micah Fowler, who plays J.J., he uh, has cerebral palsy, and so, um, I don't know, I need to read more into it in terms of, like... The writer's exactly room how, composition. Right, exactly, and, like, what inspired the creator to go, um... In that direction, right, right. Exactly. But, um, so that was just a really truthful moment in the series, and um, there are a lot of other great scenes, just both from shows in my top three 
and chose not. But for one, as far as the one that connected with me the most and left an impact on me, it's that. Awesome. Well, I think I will go next. Yeah, hit it up, Rich. What's your favorite scene of television of 2016? So my favorite scene of television for 2016 is in a show that I will be talking about quite a bit. Um, <laughs> it, it's called Westworld. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I well, see, this is. I would have loved to pick something from a different show, but the show is just so lush oh, and lustrous and beautiful. Jordan, when you watched Westworld, how far did you get? I'm halfway through this okay. show. Okay. So did you get to the robot orgy? Yeah. You did get to the robot orgy. Did you see the robot orgy? It is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> because, not because, no, there are a lot of scenes in this that are more dramatic. First of all, it would be very spoilerific to talk about any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the moments in this show where devastating things happen, where big reveals are revealed, whether or not we kind of predicted them coming or not, they made sure that much like Mr. Robot does, they always had double reveals. Like if you're going to get a reveal yeah. that you kind of already knew, you're also going to get a shocking death along with it or something mm-hmm. like that. So that would be like the other scene that was in contention with this is that yes, one. Yes, I know what you're talking um, about. Uh, involving uh, Jeffrey Wright's character. Yes. But... Um, the robot orgy was the time when I was watching the show that I was just like, oh my god, this must have cost 10 or $15 that was, million. Dollars. It is extravagant in every sense of the word. It's World building wise, Westworld has done just a phenomenal job. And so, you know, you could take best scene as like, you know, this great interchange the two characters had that was really well written. Or you could take it as this scene that I, my jaw just dropped about like I can't believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing and they just pulled out all the stops I mean I heard that it was basically budgetless they just went for it um, and you know it really shows you I mean this is just a really low down town where like really you know anything goes it's totally debaucherous and, and if that's the right word and, and just totally um, carnal um, but you see what that plays out like in this Westworld scenario and, and, the, and the sights and the sounds. And then like you see Dolores and Jimmy Simpson's character there in the midst of this. And it's a really good, it's a really good um, uh, context or a really good uh-huh. clash because the two of them at this point especially are like innocent characters. They're like, right. you know, the white hats. Um, and... They are sitting there in the midst of all of this, and, and neither of them particularly enjoying it, but like both of them are having their eyes widened uh. um, in interesting ways. So it's just a, it's really, and another thing that's great about it is it's indicative of the show as a whole, too. Right. It really shows you what that show's about. Uh, it has all of it on display there. So you have Jimmy Simpson's character, but you also have Jimmy Simpson's character's friend. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all, you know, and, and so and they both represent very different perspectives on the world. Jimmy Simpson still believes that, you know, you should respect uh, people and especially right. women. And, you know, you you, you want to do the right thing at all times. Right. Crossing that line is just not something that you'll ever do. Right. Um, and then you have the other character who's like, this is Westworld. This is where we come to do these horrible things. If I want to blow this guy's brains out and laugh about it, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Um, and you see all of that on display. So it's just really a pivotal scene for me and one that when I think back on the year and the stuff that I saw um, that I just was blown away by. So, and it's a really nice orgy. call back to that scene in episode 2 when we meet William and he's about to go into Westworld and um, the woman there is telling him like, you know, the deeper you get into it um, the more you'll descend. Like, but it's all, it's totally up to you how you experience that world. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you start out in just this, like, eh, old-fashioned Western um, town, and, you know, there's 
there's prostitution and subtle violence going on, but then it gets more and more. And yeah. that moment is just really a big turning point. Well, and I've heard the creators talking about the show, and they said that they wanted that town. I forget the name of the town, but they wanted care, but they yeah. wanted that town to be like they they defined it as the deeper and deeper into it you go. Just like you said, yeah. the worse it's going to get, right, and the more right. intense it's going to get, the more dangerous it's going to get, the seedier it's going to get. And when they get to that town, they really I was reading about the backdrop on that scene. I think I linked it in my Twitter of just them describing like why it was so important for them to you know spend so much on that scene and really show you like how how beautiful and dirty at the same time sure. it gets when you go deep sure so, anyway cool cool jordan what is your best scene of 2016 well my best scene was two characters talking and it's really well written nice, nice. <laughs> no that's a um, very valid way to go right yeah. no uh try and stay vague on this because i think it is a show everyone should be watching because it is the best at the moment, I mean, these things change as soon as shows come back from mid-season premieres and whatnot. But this is the best superhero show on TV right now, in my reckoning. And it has been pretty much all season, and possibly towards the end of last season. Uh, but I went with the beginning-to-come-out scene from Supergirl. Uh, and so this is a character who, yeah, I'm going to try and stay vague, gender-neutral pronouns and all that. But... Uh, there's basically a relationship that starts to play out over the course of the beginning of the season, and it's the sort of thing that immediately, you know, you you get a sense of romantic tension and all of this, but it's a character who, who re really we haven't spent much time on their personal life at all. Um, but the way that it sort of starts getting revealed, and it's pretty quickly, I mean, Supergirl's only had eight episodes so far this season, um, but there is a scene as this character sort of starting to come to terms with maybe they're not straight, maybe they are gay, but so often in television, when when a character comes out, it's like, oh, suddenly they're like, oh, I like the same sex, and now I'm gay. And there's like, there's some transition, but it's very much just a, a switch is flipped, and now they're a gay character. Uh, what Supergirl's done really well, across multiple episodes, across this entire first half of the season, is just show that it's not that cut and dry, and when someone is facing yeah. their own preconceptions and their own beliefs of who they are and what they feel and if that's right or wrong it's a slower process and so yeah. this particular scene is at the end of i think the third or fourth episode of the season where the they don't even say i'm gay they just start to admit i'm having feelings for this the new character that they've started interacting with and i don't know what that means fully but i want to explore it and that's kind of how it plays out they don't even say i think i'm gay now or anything yeah. like that but seeing it was just, first of all, the performances are phenomenal, so that has helped a lot in just immediate engagement with this new potential relationship, but it's given so much depth to a character who, again, uh, a lot of the first season of Supergirl was supporting characters being in a very strict support role as opposed to getting a lot of depth and, and arcs of their own. Mm -hmm. um, but just the way it's played out and, you know, seeing the reaction to it, because I spent a lot of time on Twitter and, and looking at hashtags and seeing how people are reacting to it, and it's fascinating how many people relate to it and how other people feel like it's off and just it's like everyone has a different experience, but it's showing something play out in what feels like a more realistic way than just the, all right, we're done with the the gay now episode of, of the show well, and letting it play out as an entire arc. Let me say this. Um, I was at uh, at MAGFest, Music Game Festival, we just got back from uh, last week, and I, w I sat in on the whole LGBT panel, and it was phenomenal, because they're basically talking about representation in media the whole time, because yeah. it, it, it's a big, it's a gaming festival, and, you know, it, going back as far as you can, you know, the representation, it, it, it was barely there, to the and now it's like getting slightly, ever so slightly better, but 
what they had said, and I thought this was a fascinating point, was that given, because somebody asked in the audience, and it had come up a couple times, would you prefer no representation or misrepresentation? Because a lot of times if you don't have uh, somebody from the LGBT community um, um, talking to you about it or, or advising you on it or on the cat on the staff or you know in, in there sometimes you get it wrong and even if you get it pretty right you're still gonna have a lot of people who are like that that doesn't seem quite right to me I mean it's a bit it's a it's a murky difficult subject to, to get right you know you want to really get it right um, and make it true to the characters and so what they were saying was given the idea of no representation or misrepresentation they would much much prefer misrepresentation because at least it starts a conversation about the subject and that was totally opposite to what i thought i would have thought that the 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 idea would be if you don't know what you're fucking talking about shut the fuck up that would have been what i thought you know like you let people who know what they're talking about say it but to them they would much rather have the conversation out there and be discussed and so i think that's interesting that this whole twitter thing started up and there were people are like it's not quite right or it's right but at least no there is a conversation about. yeah and you know that's the it's it, it also gets to that the representation of media is important and again that's the reason i like the cw so much is yeah. that they do that i mean however you feel about the writing sometimes and again i think it's gotten better across the board you see a mix of ethnicities. You see a mix of sexualities, of, of origins, and all that. And it is very important to have that representation. There's a reason I connect so strongly to Miss Marvel as a comic, or certain scenes in a show I'll be talking about later, where I am Middle Eastern, and I never get to see that in media in a real positive way, so when I do, it means a lot, and yeah. it shows... I know other people are seeing it and getting yeah. a better idea of what it means to be something. I've also sat in a Miss Marvel panel um, hearing them talk about, uh, you know, that book, the, the creators, and so many people stood up, Muslim Americans, and they just were like, thank you so much. They were tearing up. I mean, it was, to them, so important mm -hmm. that this was finally being represented. I mean, so emotional for them. I, I don't know. I just... Makes me tear up a little bit just to hear about people yeah, it's crazy. finding something to identify it, with. It's, you know? That's why it's so important and why it's unfortunate some people don't get it because straight white people get represented in media all the time. Right. It's weird that they would get so defensive when it's not that. But right. anyway, for me, the the starting to come out scene from Supergirl was just... I got teared up. I was yeah. I was like, whew, chills on that. But yeah, That's awesome. That would be my was favorite. Was this point. a... I know, spoiler free, and I really appreciate that, but was this a... Is this a character that it comes from the comics or a new character? Or? I forget exactly. I think they are in the comics in another form. Or they might have been introduced. It's it's one of those... You know how they do where they'll take a name and then... Like they take it... Yeah, they do like kind of loose adaptations a lot. But it's not like a traditionally over. LGBT character. Not that I'm aware of. I don't believe so. It's just I think based on this performance and interpretation. But I could be wrong on Interesting. that. Well, that's cool. I do know that it's been in other categories a problematic year. Uh, for the isn't this the year we had uh, three hundred issues? I mean, one of the hundred issues. We had yeah, dead lesbians. There was yeah. a big barrier. Gays had a big rush of like hundreds of dead gay characters this year. I didn't so. know there were hundreds of gay characters. Yeah, they die. <laughs> they die real quick. Uh, unfortunately, but that's a whole other discussion. No, I know it is. I'm just saying that it, it's good to have positives in a year. Where yeah, yeah it, was, it was rough. Cool. Um, so the. So that was your scene. That was my scene. Next up, we're going to do Surprising. So, right. Rich, start us off. What was your most surprising show of 2016? Okay, so my most surprising show. I know what it is, but I'm just checking back here. Okay, so this show caught me completely off guard. I had no idea what to expect from it because I hear about shows like You're the Worst all the time. There's Catastrophe, there's You're the Worst, there's Fleabag, and there's like 15 more um, shows that are... 
uh, casual, you know, uh, just all those type of shows that are 30 minutes or, or 28 minutes or whatever. They're modern love story sitcom slash dramas that exist now. Divorce is another one. Um, there's just tons of them, like adult content, half hours mm-hmm. um, about relationships um, and or, or, or 20-somethings, you want to say. Um, and I hear about them all the time. I check them out. I usually watch an, uh, an episode or two, and they're in Broad City. I usually watch an episode or two, and I'm like, this is good. It doesn't grab me, though, to the point where I absolutely have to watch it. I'm just like, I'm going to get back to that. You're the worst is one of those. I want to get back to that, but I haven't done so yet. Um, Broad City is one that anytime it's on, I'll watch it. But for me, I haven't. it hasn't grabbed me. Um, however, I heard about Search Party. And when I heard about Search Party, I was like, okay, that sounds... A lot like one of these. However, the twist here is it's a it's a group of twenty somethings trying to find their way in the world, and it's a murder mystery, or in this case, a kidnapping mystery. So I was like, all right, this show is catnip for rich, right? This is exactly what I would like in a show. Um, and then I got there, I got to the table, and that's the problem with a lot of comedies for me. It's like get me to the table, and then I'm gonna have a great time. Cartoons too, like animated movies get me to the theater and oh my god it may be my favorite movie of the year but for some reason I don't sit down in front of them um, and comedies are the same way which is why I really like the trend of the 30 minute drama comedy that has come out um, and this is definitely one of those it's a little slightly on the comedy side but not really especially with the ending uh, which is pretty brutal um, it really is a great like drama comedy um, and when I sit down to watch it I just was so drawn in by the characters. There is speaking of uh, representation of uh, of gay characters. Oh my God! I want to. I wish I, I I need his name because he is he is so freaking phenomenal. He's hilarious, and the character is so good. And instead of it being what I really liked about it was that it was a flawed gay relationship as opposed to just being like here's our you know perfect like sitting on the hill, uh, you know. Uh, the, the, this gay couple that's just freaking perfect. You know what I mean? In this one, it was like, these are real characters with real flaws that just happen to be gay. What was the... Uh, hold on a second. Let me see what um, this guy was. And he's he's a really um, talented comedian anyway. He was also on that show. Netflix presents um, the characters. Um, what is his name? What is his name? It's right here. Uh, John Early. Um, and he plays Elliot Goss. And uh, it describes him on West... on. Uh, it describes him on Wikipedia as gay and hipper than thou. Um, uh, Elliot is a self-diagnosed narcissist who still finds it in his heart to help Chantal, adept at manipulating those around him. He's particularly good at detective work. So basically there's these four characters. There's Chantal, who's the main... Uh, um, wait a second. Wait a second. There's... Um, there's Dory, who is like I've described this on the show before, so I won't go into it too much. But there's Dory, who's like this character who's a li- it says here a lifelong doormat, who's stuck as the personal assistant to a rich housewife and deeply unfulfilled in her stale relationship. And it's just about her quest to solve this mystery and at the same time find an identity for herself. Um, and it is just a show that caught me off guard, just just grabbed me, and I was I was having so much fun every week. And I was really riveted and compelled to find out what was going to happen. So to me, it was just a huge surprise. I did not. It's a TBS show. What do I watch on TBS? Oh, the answer is nothing, ever. Um, you know, I hear that Angie Tribeca's good, but I haven't watched it. 
I hear that, uh, what is it, Hello from Mars or something like that, that one about like the alien support Welcome group. to Earth. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to Earth. Uh, there's another one I might check out one day, but this one just had all the ingredients for me, and, I, and when I got there, I was expecting to be like, all right, it's okay. Like Love on Netflix, that's a great show, but it's not a show that, like I watched two episodes, I was like, that's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen, but I'm not watching it anymore, you know? But this is a show that I was like dying, there's cults and mysteries and a private eye who may or may not be all he seems, and yet, tremendously good comedy, really emotional, heartfelt. It's just a great show. I recommend everybody watches it. It is so fucking fun. It's short, too. I mean, it's 10 episodes of 28 minutes each, so or maybe even 8 episodes. Maybe 10. But it is not that long, and I wish there was more of it. And it got picked up for a set 10 episodes. It got picked up for a second season, and I could not be happier. Um, so anyway, Search Party was definitely my surprise of 2016. Uh, in the order, are you next, Jordan? Yes. Jordan, what is your surprise of 2016? Uh... So, this is a weird one. Um, Kelsey and I like to watch a lot of shows that are very potentially terrible or mm-hmm. potentially overdone or right. really lame. Uh, just because we have a lot of time, you know, have a fun time laughing at them or making fun. Right. Or just because they're, we're, comp- we're wildly not the audience for them and, and, you know, that can be fun too. Right. Uh, so, we had a show uh, back in January that was this for us where we thought, oh, that's going to be a silly, you know, look at the you know, whatever type of show. Uh, and we ended up binge-watching the entire season in one day. <laughs> and then we binge-watched the second season when it premiered later in the year. And then a few days ago, we binge-watched the third season. So wow. it's our most consistently binge-watched show. And granted, there it's 10-episode seasons at 30 minutes apiece. Uh, but it is legitimately a fantastic look at youth today, even if it can be, you know, a little streamlined because it's 10-episode seasons. But uh, Degrassi Next Class is uh, was my most surprising show. Um because it's just really well done, and it really does look... And I've always heard of Degrassi, because it's been mm-hmm. around forever. I mean, it's a show that started in the 70s, and then came back with Degrassi The Next Generation, which this is basically a continuation of. It's just they rebranded it when it came to Netflix, but it's like basically the next year of school with a lot of the same characters. Um, but it is, you know, it's about teenagers in modern Canada, because it is a Canadian show. <laughs> right. Um, right. Dealing with modern issues, and being surprisingly accurate about it because the whole first season really took us by surprise because uh, it deals with basically gamergating douchebags is one of the big like someone gets swatted on this show like legitimately like wow and it's like what just happened and that's a lot of the show because again swatted I don't know the term it's where people will like call when they'll they'll call SWAT on streamers they'll like find out their address and then have them get attacked by like a SWAT tack team oh by like saying God. they're drug dealers or gonna oh kill someone my or something. God. That is a real thing that happens, unfortunately. Oh my god. And so a character has that happen to their them in this, and there's all kinds of issues like that. The second season dealt a lot, I mean, it's it's a show that deals with, like, the most, it's, it's a very special episode kind of all the time. Right, right, right. But it never feels overly exploitative, it feels really realistic, and it is very even-handed. It shows both. The second season, which was during the summer, was all about uh, systemic racism and not understanding why something is racist and... Just like, and does that make it okay? Yeah, is ignorance an excuse? That yeah. So it has these big, you know, storylines that run across ten episodes, and it just is so enthralling in a way that I never thought it would be. Uh, And even this most recent season, which obviously came out in twenty seventeen, so it doesn't count towards this, but you know, it was all about Syrian refugees. But it wasn't about oh, they're Syrian refugees, they're so sad. It was just like, here are the issues they're probably going through right. and actually looking at them integrating and making friends and having storylines all their own. So it goes to that representation thing that. again. 
Um, it is phenomenally entertaining. It's funny. The characters kind of, you know, they swing back and forth like teenagers, and you like them sometimes and you don't the others, but it always, it doesn't feel too over the top, even though it can be over the top, which right. is weird to say. But yeah, Degrassi Next Class, we've, we actually, now that it's, uh, we finished the third season, we're actually going, we've gone back and have started watching Degrassi The Next Generation, <laughs> which is all on YouTube. Right, um, right. Is it strictly streaming or is it a network? Uh, no, it's on, well, it's a network in Canada, but okay, it's, gotcha. it's yeah, streaming yeah. here. I think it was on Noggin. Uh, or or uh, Teen Gotta Love. That is the funniest name for a station, man. Uh, back when it was the Next Generation, but now Next Class is a Netflix original, uh, except in Canada where I think it just airs like normal. Uh, so yeah, we're really into Degrassi, and it yeah. was a surprise show for me. I never would have sure. thought it, it was as beloved by me as it is. So that's my surprising show, cool. Kevin. Okay, so this one I like. I juggle a few choices, you know. Love what I was considering because I mean, I had a feeling I would like it, but I did really, really enjoy it because I mean, it was Judd Apatow, um, and you know, I was I was just curious about like the only thing about that is if it would intrigue me enough just because the premise sounded so basic, right? Like he, you know, he did a really great job with it. Um, Legends of Tomorrow was also a consideration for here because like was there, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it overall. I wasn't sure coming in just because I would. Wondering if it was going to be too okay, it's going to be like Justice League with a bunch of like B kind of level superheroes. Um, but it turned out to be a lot of fun. But this one, you know, sorry to overlap again, but um, it's all right. But uh, and if you couldn't already tell, this will be in my favorites. But Speechless was my most surprising just because I'm always skeptical about media that yeah. explores, especially what's that movie that came out? Yeah, yeah, that Me Before You came out Woo! this year too, which Woo! like you know where the paralytic commit suicide at the end um and unbelievable so, unbelievable um, message to be sending to people right unbelievable and so with this one like when we watched the trailer back when we were looking at all the ones for the fall season i just couldn't tell if it was going to be like borderline sappy or like would it be comedy like what it would be and how it would handle this material but it's just handled it so well um and you know i mean it's like and I, I, you know what you were talking about like well not watching a lot of tbs I don't watch like anything on ABC today. I mean, like right. I would like to watch Goldberg. So I've heard, you know, I've seen, I see clips of it here and there. I'm like, that would be interesting. But you know, Modern Family stuff like that doesn't really interest me that much. Um, so just to be watching like an ABC Family sitcom. But um, yeah, my mom and I watch it every week. My dad, when he can, when uh, he gets off, he gets off work in time. Right. Um, but um, it's just yeah, it's it's funny. Is it? Do you want? I I can go ahead and say where it fits in my top three. Cause you can, I guess. Well, I, no, no, no. Save, no, no. save it. Save it. Save it. Yeah, because that's a different conversation. Okay. Is why it's okay. your favorite show of the year, right? Okay. But yeah, it's most surprising just because like, you know, because of uh, how it handled the material. I wasn't sure. I was skeptical about it, and you know, I don't really watch any ABC sitcoms. Um, so to have one I'm watching every week is like, yeah, definitely different. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I really think that's cool. Alrighty. Cool. Um, so where are we at? You're at with you starting the next category. I will be starting, right? and we are going to our top three lists. Awesome. And starting with our number three show of the year. Uh, and for me, this one was one where it was actually pretty easy uh, okay. because this was one of my top three shows. But the, the number one and number two were, were they're the ones that are in contention. I'm still sitting here thinking about. Good. Uh, but number three was just. Uh, an easy pick because it delivered another just phenomenally strong season this summer. Uh, Bojack Horseman wow. was my number wow. three show of the year because 
that show has done such a phenomenal job exploring, you know, depression and how it works and how it affects characters and people. And, you know, I mean, the biggest criticism is it is about Hollywood elite, which makes it a little harder to necessarily sympathize. And, and Bojack is a horrible, horrible person. Has he gotten even worse? He, he he probably hit his nadir in season two with what he does at the end of that season. But wow, uh, he's still pretty bad here. But again, he's just he's so depressed and trying to connect to people. Um, there's a fantastic episode that was almost my episode of the year, Fish Out of Water, where he uh, goes to an underwater city for an award ceremony, and he's in this air bubble, and so he can't talk and he can't understand anybody. And it's just kind of like a silent episode right. of him journeying in this underwater city. And just just there are so many great episodes like that there's one that's set in 2007 and is nothing but extremely hyper specific to 2007 pop culture references um like there's a bunch of auto-tuning of music and mm-hmm. jessica beale's a big deal right uh and it's just stuff like that the show they, that got it looks to me from an, as an outside perspective and i've seen the first couple episodes like here is just a, a an opportunity where a dude or a dude and a team of writers has been given carte blanche to make like his show um, and much like I would assume um, that other show, uh, the new um, show by the guy who did, um, uh, you know, the one that you like about the, the really, uh, the guy looks like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking so bad. This is terrible. This is the worst I've ever done this. The dude who does Community. Oh, uh, Rick and Morty? Yeah. Rick and Morty, again, being like that dude's show. You know, yeah, Justin Roiland. Uh, oh, okay. I it's thought more that was... him than Dan oh, okay. Harmon, yeah. I didn't realize that. But it's the same idea. Or Atlanta with Donald Glover, where it's right. just they are making the show they want to make. Uh, Bojack is very much that, and it, it it's just incredibly relatable. The storylines all work really well. There's a lot of good topics. There's a whole episode where it's like they're trying to get him to keep his newspaper subscription, and so they have this like closer that calls the Oh, this the sounds so good! But it basically ends up being a therapy session for him inadvertently, even though she's just trying to get him to keep a newspaper subscription, but she's like mentally manipulating him, but also giving him therapy. And It sounds really complex and deep. It is! It's insanely so. I mean, the, the relationships all hit major breaking points and depressing parts this season, and everyone's kind of miserable by the end of it, and there's always this question of Bojack desperately trying to find something that will make him happy, even though he might just, you know, he, he seems incapable of confronting his own flaws. Um, and, you know, it's the sort of thing where if it goes on too long of just misery, it could get bad or, or unwatchable. But so far, it's done a really good job of towing the line and being just really funny with its over-the-top dumb puns and its animal yeah. characters and uh, the storylines. It, it just... I, and it's gotten consistently better too, right? Like it yeah. gets better every season because I know the beginning was like only pretty good. Well, by the it's more that by the end of the first season it had really come into itself, and since then it's been and since stellar. then it knows what it wants to do and what kind of show it wants to be, and it has nailed that uh, throughout all twelve of these episodes this year. And I can't wait for season four this uh, coming. They keep season. renewing it. Yeah. I wonder how who's watching it. A, a lot of critics. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty critically beloved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know. Netflix, who God knows how they God register knows. anything. I mean, I you know. know. They, re- they they renewed a series of unfortunate events before yep, it premiered, I, so. I, yeah, I, I started watching it the other night. Uh, but that is my number three show. Uh, what, Kevin, is your number three show of 2016? Okay, well, this is the last time I'll talk about today, but yeah, my number three is Speechless. <laughs> all right! So, um, but for all the reasons I've said, you know, here and in previous episodes, but, you know, just to give another specific example, this week's episode... Um, they're trying to deal with uh, an insurance agent 
about getting JJ a new wheelchair, which oddly enough is what I'm trying to do right now. And um, we've had run-ins with insurance agencies being a pain all, or our whole lives. I mean, right now they've denied my you know, um, uh, claim for uh, trying to get a new wheelchair. On what grounds? They say I don't need it right now. I've had this one over five years. But and um and like in the episode, this lady says something like, you know, oh, you know, people come in here all the time who you know ask for more than they need, which sounds just so exaggerated and like um to the point where people are probably just like people probably people are like, no way does that happen? No way does that happen? That that woman's too shitty, right? No, but they're pro. That's probably a thought that I imagine my mom and I are talking about that goes through a lot of viewers' minds when. They don't realize I'm like this is our lives. Like it's like it's, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like if you watch that show again, uh, I'm gonna have trouble with the name. It's the Bachelor making fun of show. Oh, uh, ever no, that's the show in the show. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Okay. Uh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. that show and you see the things that they do to like tune up the contestants, the Bachelor like contestants, right. you think to yourself, there is no way they did that. Right. But they freaking did. Yeah. Because yeah. it was written by Bachelor people. Right. Right. So I know that that's what goes on. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so, one of those. And, uh, I, there's no way it's that bad, right? And like just things like that. But the way it treats the material, and you know, it laughing at the bizarre situations that they encounter. That's what we do too. My family has always yeah. been very like take you know a humorous approach to things. You know, because mm-hmm. that's yeah, it's the best medicine to that. You know, like you know, faith and being you know able to laugh at yourselves and the situations you run into. And so that's what I like how it handles all that, and all the characters are really fun. And I like how in each episode they like to pair characters up with each other. You know, like, they have Ray and the mom is really the focus of the pilot, and then the week after that, it's JJ and the mom, and then there's one with, like, the dad and the younger sister, and they get along really well. Um, and then, like, with Kenneth coming to the family, he, how he interacts with the different family members. Um, so all these little nuances that it does really well. Um, you know, it's exaggerated to its point, but... A lot of times, even times where it's really exaggerated, I'm like, yeah, this is actually pretty accurate. Like, you know, yeah. Because, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could write a book about our lives and people wouldn't believe it. I wonder but, if it's been know. renewed. I don't, I mean, it's it's got a full season order now. I don't think that sounds like it. That so, sounds like it. If it yeah. has a full season order, that that's, that's the be- next best thing. That, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's my number three. Forever got a full season order. I'm not even salty about that show. That show, <laughs> that show needed to go, dude. <laughs> uh... That show was horrendous. I'd like to watch that show. I really would. I've actually. It's probably next on my sitcom catch up. Sure. I actually just started Brooklyn Nine Nine. So. Sure. Ooh, that show's well, so good. Oh yeah, I do. That's gonna take yeah. a minute. It's three uh, seasons, right? Did you uh, watch, it's in its fourth. Did you finish the other one that um the Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine creator did? Good place. Yeah. I'm I'm caught up. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. It's bad, is it, so. Is it still good? Yeah. No. It's okay, fantastic. Cool. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. I watched the first couple. When does it get? I know you're gonna say it was good from the beginning, but like, does it get like even more amazing, or is it just like the beginning? I I don't know. I think it's good from the beginning, but yeah. you know, uh, it's it's a lot of constant twists. That's if you good. Wanna, if I you do. like that stuff, uh, <laughs> I wonder. Do I like uh, that stuff? Well, let me go. With but hit mine. us with a twist. Probably not. What's your number three? You're show? so wrong. It's a total huge twist. <laughs> I, so. Um, I was listening to the Watch podcast, which is a really good podcast with the guy uh, Greenwald is his name. Um, he is Jeff Greenwald, I think, is it, and he is the guy who does like the Mister Robot after shows that were on TV. And he actually used to be an emo fan. He's a big Jimmy Eat World guy. Um, he also loves Kanye, I and mean, he's just a really interesting dude. Um, and he he and this other guy uh, have a podcast. Where they talk about TV. It's it's from the Ringer dot com that that website. Um, anyway, it's a great podcast where they talk about mostly TV and then pop culture. 
Um, well, because he did the uh, the beginning show for Mr. Robot, um, Jeff Greenwald gets to uh, have Sam Esmail on the show. So they did their best TV of the year lists, and there was one thing on Esmail's list. Esmail loved The Night Of, which, by the way, if I'd seen it, it might be on my list. I haven't seen it yet. I really want to watch it. I heard it's really excellent. Uh-huh. But one thing he put on his list was this show, and I was like... Did he really put that show on his list? I can't believe it because it popped up on my Netflix queue and I was like, what's that? It looks good, but so do another 15 other shows that are like sort of foreign shows or weird shows like uh, Hotel de Cuervos or just weird things on there that I'm like, I want to check that out kind of, but who knows? These are, you know, shows from other countries. So um, he described this show as um, YA with teeth, right? Because, you know, he says, I love dystopian YA. But it usually doesn't go far enough, and it just doesn't really have teeth. This is YA with teeth. And I was like, fuck, I'm watching that shit. So the show is 3%. And this show is fucking amazing. I finished it about a week ago. It hasn't left my mind. It has, it's like, it feels like it's a Brazilian show. And it's the first Netflix Brazilian show. All Brazilian cast, Portuguese is the language. Just one season? One season, eight episodes. Cool. Um... And you can do it dubbed, you can do it subtitled. I did it dubbed, and it's pretty decent. Um, it is exactly that. It is brutal. Right from the first episode, fucking brutal. Um, by the third or the fourth episode, there's... So basically, just to give you the context, um, in this future world, uh, in Brazil, um, there is the mainland where everybody lives. 97% of the, of the population lives on the mainland. Well, 3% get to go to what's called... Um, Hold on a second. I can't believe I can't think of it, but uh, no wonder I said Club de Cuervos because that was also um, a Latin America production that they did. Um, it's called the Offshore, um, and it is like the better side of the world, and it has great medicine. Like if you're in a wheelchair, for example, you could be healed potentially. Uh-huh. It has, um, you know, everybody there has a, a blessed life with unlimited food and all the resources you would need and all that. But there's only 3% of people get to go there. And to get there, you have to go through the process, which is this really interesting, like, amorphous thing run by a guy uh, played by Joao Miguel in, in a masterful performance as Ezekiel, who's the current head of the process. Um, they describe him as intense, mysterious, short-tempered, and conflicted by ideal extremes. And it's very true. You know, he's a very conflicted guy. And there's things that get revealed about what the offshore really is as the season goes on. And, you know, it's still considered, you know, a, a great place to be. But you find out, like, what it is and what its essence is. And it's really interesting. Um, by the end of the season, you don't see the offshore itself. I think that'll be season two. It has been picked up for a second season. But you see, like, a, a look of it. And it's just a beautiful city. Um but it's a show that deals with the haves and the have-nots and how many people live in poverty versus the couple, the few that get to live in, you know, splendor. Um, and it has these amazing characters. There's this other clash going on. A lot of people, obviously, in a world where 3% get to go to the good world, there's going to be a lot of dissidents and people that don't agree with that, with that process. And there's this thing called the cause. And so a big f- crux of the plot of this first season is about potential, you know, agents of the cause infiltrating this process uh-huh. um, and trying to weed those out and um, but anyway what I was going to say was by the third or fourth episode um, it actually one of the tests is like they lock them all in this like like basically they're, they're staying in these dorms and they lock the doors and then they start like this food process where if they all cooperate food comes down through the machine and they all are cooperating leaders form 
but then it devolves into complete chaos and to the point where you get like this like four or five of the strongest turn into a hit squad and they said we're doing the most work we deserve all the food and they go around and it just gets bloody and brutal and it's just really intense about what people will do that fast when like there's some authority figures putting them in a situation and telling them the outcome is amazing so it's a really cool social study it's fascinating and also it's like you get to see a, one perspective on like what Brazilian life is like, you know, because here's a guy who directed it, who is you know a Brazilian guy, and you know it's it's definitely like it has a, everything about it's like off. When I say off, I mean it's not like we if American made the show, it wouldn't be like this in in a slight way in everything uh, you're watching. So it's YA with teeth, and it's a totally unique Brazilian perspective on life. The acting is phenomenal, and the, here, let me tell you the best comment I can give this show. It has characters that at the very beginning you're like like they'll they'll cheat or they'll do something that just makes you hate them, just despise them, and by the end they're your favorite character. And to me, that is some of the best stuff, you know, uh, when they can do that and pull that off effectively and make a character go from you know worst to best. Doesn't change the bad stuff they did, but they can totally be redeemed in interesting ways. Uh, the show is amazing. You should definitely check it out. Uh, I can't say enough good stuff about it, but. Um, it was a big surprise for me, but I was kind of recommended that it was awesome, mm-hmm. so I wasn't that surprised. By one of your favorite. Right, exactly. So anyway, he couldn't have been more right. 3%, 3% rocks. So cool, that's cool. my number three. Conveniently. Cool. Well, that brings us to performer. Okay. So, Kevin, okay. what is your best performance of 2016? So I, w- I was going to pick one, but this genuinely comes to a tie, so I picked actor and actress. It's all right. But... Um, First one, and both because they demonstrate such different levels with their characters. Um, so the first is Tom Cavanaugh in Flash, because he's now played so many versions of Harrison Wells that it's crazy and all so well. Um, Three of them this year, because exactly, he returned to season one with exactly. the time travel. And that's what I'm saying. And so... Um, because you have because all of right. all the time travel yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need to know is that because yeah. of all the time travel stuff that there are different versions of Harrison Wells that he all plays and uh-huh. he di- and one is the classic one from season one that is very uh, the bad guy looming in the background that is infiltrating the team kind of um, then there's the more serious but good guy. And then there's this little goofy one. But it's exactly like I mean a douchey good guy that you know will do anything to protect his daughter. And then there's this totally goofy one. And he does I uh, he you can tell he has so much fun with them that it's just it's such an intoxicating performance because every minute he's on screen, whether it's a good or bad episode, he's just so much fun to watch. Um, he just has great chemistry with everyone on screen. It's very rare he's, that you find. Like a villain character like that that, that you enjoy to that level, right? Right. Oh, I. I mean, he's just to where you're phenomenal. literally enjoying watching it, like in a in a fun way. Exactly. That's, that's no, a, that's, that's a, a thing. That's a test. That's a thing. Um, and he and well, and there's even an episode in it was in season two where he because uh, they're um, facing Gorilla Garage and he has to do both Sides, versions right, of the character right. and juxtapose, and it's just like so much fun. Um, so, and he's always, he's been my favorite character since season one, so, it's not, but it seems like his performance gets even better and better, um, or it's just um, consistently great. Mm -hmm. Um, the other is Tandy Newton from Westworld, who plays Maeve. Um, Damn it! 
Yeah. You went on the Mave train. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Goddamn Mave yeah. train. Ha ha ha. That's There's no ha ha about it, man. Every freaking buddy is just like Mave's the best performer in that show. Well, God damn it. It's so hard to decide because everyone is. I mean, yeah, like, I'm just Evan saying like, it's, it became the popular opinion, and it just overshadows what I think are better performances. But I no, agree. and that's fair. I mean, like, I mean, I would Jeffrey Wright was a big contender on here too. Um, but the reason I picked her uh-huh. is because she can do so many levels to the character, like there and the performance she gives with her face with her physical expressions mm-hmm. with um her vocal uh, you know and she there are scenes where she's about to kick someone's butt or yeah. she's like or the one when she's trying to protect her daughter from um yeah you know, uh, well it, the guy who then turns into <laughs> William and all that like um it's just like kind of a um it's a crazy sequence there but just the emotions on her face there and then how she carries herself throughout the show and um her arc was really the most interesting for me out of any god like, damn it that's of, what critics like, all say no i like i mean it was when i looked i mean i you know i like i love jeffrey wrights i love evan rachel woods I, I mean of course anthony hopkins but like as far as combination of like which character had the most interesting arc and the best performance it would be her in it. interesting yeah so interesting. i can't wait to see her more like when he first came on the show it was like you know she's more of a sideline character but the more she came to the spotlight, I was like, dang, this is enthralling. So cool. those are my top two, and they tie. Nice. nice. Rich, who's the best Westworld performer? <laughs> is that <laughs> so, fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's, yeah. Um, for me, so, so again, I, the, the Tandy Newton thing, like, I just, you know, it's, that show has been fighting against, in the, in the critical interpretation sure. of it, it's been fighting against this whole, um, you know, uh, character development over plot, characters over plot mm-hmm. fight. And everybody, like I've said many times here before, everybody who's like on the side of the show has no character development, all it is is just a bunch of like forward momentum of the plot and plot machinations and twists and turns yeah. and none of the characters get developed. They all say, but except for Maeve, we love Maeve. And it's yeah, like, and so it's like team fucking Maeve, you know what I mean? Uh, who are all on this, like, I like Maeve because she has character development. And they use that as an example of why everybody else in the show sucks. Yeah, and, and so that's the problem that I have with that. Not that she's not fantastic, right, she right, is. Right. Right. Um, well, but I disagree that the other characters don't. Yeah, I personally think that some of the, uh, by the nature of that plot and the complexities of it and what they were asking the actors to do in some cases, and obviously in some cases to play a role that is a character that doesn't know that they're a robot, for example, uh-huh. um, or in some cases where they have to fool the audience but in an authentic way, into thinking that they're a villain when they're not really a villain by the end, okay. um, and so there's a lot of cool, amazing characters in the sh- in the show. Uh, Anthony Hopkins just did an absolute virtuoso performance in that. When you sort of really find out what his intentions are, by the end, you could still watch the beginning, and it's and what he's doing doesn't false it's not false to what his real intentions were but it's also very misleading but in a brilliantly clever way so he just he rides that line really well um dolores is real close for me on um on being my favorite character because she's the she's the face of that show she's the one in the commercials right she's the one that haunts me that when i'm like leave that show and i think and i just hear i like to think you know that the world is a good place i mean i just 
that haunts me and it and it, and it gets uh-huh. to me and and then like for whatever when you see her in a like when with like a robotic body it's yeah. like it's like whoa you know just to visually see that it it it's so counter to this character that she's built so well um and and i she's talked behind the scenes about make doing that character and she would talk about how there were bot thoughts that she would say like here like how because you know there's that line you got across because this show's all about consciousness and achieving consciousness or how close to consciousness am i and she would constantly have for the director like wait but what would this mean in this very convoluted kind of what's what and when narrative um and so she just was a very inquisitive performer and one that I think brought that inquisitive nature to the character in a really good way. However, I think the real winner um, in the performance category and the thing that grounded the show most effectively is Jeffrey Wright's performance. I think his performance is stunningly brilliant. I think he's I mean, he's just it's tear jerking. It's oh it's brilliant. Gosh. I mean, it's 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 so good, and the things yeah. that and the, and the line he has to straddle effectively yeah. is such a tough line to walk, right. and to basically have a character who is caught between what he does and what he wants right. is 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 brutal, and I mean, and just the. The, he's an actor like everything in that performance is carefully considered every little movement mm. with his hands on his glasses yeah. every little twitch of his eyes the way he carries himself the way he talks it, it's it's completely considered and and, and mm-hmm. perfected and I just think it's just a masterful performance that really grounds that show yeah. so that one is my performer uh, of 2016 sure I, lo- no, I loved every minute word cool cool I'm gonna take away. I'm gonna go off the Westworld love train. Okay. All right. Uh, the so for me this was this was this was easy in that uh, if I had to pick like the top five performances of the year, they'd all come from the same show, probably. Wow. Uh, so it was really just a matter of who was the best of the best. And so for me, wow. uh, just because of the spotlight episode they got, because of their performance throughout the season. I went with Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark in American Crime Story, yeah. People vs. Yeah. O.J. Simpson. Uh, Performance-wise, I mean, across the board, this show is phenomenal. Even O.J.? Huh? Even O.J.? Yeah, I like I liked Cuba. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I heard I mean, some people anything, thought it was funny. I mean... Like, kind of ludicrous. I think... Why is nobody on Sarah's... my side? Why don't you have my back? Where are my friends at? <laughs> I think it was meant to be that way. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, you know, even... Even the arguably what performances, like, you know, Travolta as Shapiro or uh, Ross Kardashian, as he was derisively called. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought he reminded me of Kardashian, personally. No, I thought, the you know, the visuals, for the most part, were good, even if the prosthetics for Travolta were really weird. But everyone did work, and, and you know, even Schwimmer had good scenes. That's so what I'm saying. I, I like the Schwimmer stuff. Uh, but... Just no, I mean, you know, the top three are obviously you know Sarah Paulson, Courtney B. Vance as Cochran, and uh, Sterling K. Brown. But for me, Sarah Paulson got a whole focus episode. Marcia, Who's Marcia, Marcia. Sterling K. Brown? Uh, oh, I'm blanking. The the other prosecutor. Okay. Um, his name is Darden. Darden, yeah, he was Darden. Uh, and just she did a phenomenal job of bringing this real person to life and really getting in her head and exploring her and. Showing, showing so many layers and a big part of it also comes from just having seen other Sarah Paulson performances and knowing how different she was able to be and right. you know, technical skill is you know it's the sort of thing where Sterling K. Brown's really good but you go and watch uh, This Is Us and it's it's a lot of the same performance or if you go bad. or if you what are you advanced you're talking about no uh, Sterling oh, K. Brown oh okay okay 
But what were you going to say about Courtney Vance? Well, just that, you know, he's he's also somebody who that performance, it's an excellent performance, but it's not that dissimilar from his, like, prosecutor on, uh, or DA on those shows, uh, like SV or whatever right. one he's on. Um, but it was just Sarah Paulson. Marsha Clark is, was my, it's weird to say character because it's based on real life, but obviously there were some creative liberties taken um, throughout to tell the story, but it was just... She she kept it grounded. She was fantastic to watch. Her focus episode, Marsha, 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 was one of, I think that's what it was called, or people, or it was a headline. It was called Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It was, okay. But it was one of the highlights of a season of very strong episodes, honestly. Mm. Um, and that was a show you were not expecting to like. I, I, I didn't know what to expect from it, uh, you know, and it, it very much took me by surprise, and her performance was a big reason for it. And if I were going to give it a runner-up, Courtney B. Vance was really good as Johnny Cochran. I mean, he he carried a lot of the scenes. And, it was you know, kind of a role made for him. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it was there. That's interplay. okay, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but a lot of it was, you know, Vance, or, yeah, Vance v. v. Paulson during the courtroom scenes, and they're phenomenal. So, just across the board, uh, it had great performances. Sarah Paulson was my favorite, so performer of the year for me, Sarah Paulson. Cool. Kevin. Well, I did the performer. Oh, you did perform. But I have a question real quick, circle. guys. Have you guys yeah. seen um, Made in America, O.J. Simpson, Made in America, the documentary everyone raves no, about? No, no, not yet. It's fucking great. I've watched half of it. It's a, it's actually an ESPN documentary, so it marks the only time I watched ESPN at all this <laughs> entire year, except maybe when I walked by and a TV was on at ESPN. And even then, I would try to avert my gaze. <laughs> I'd um, like to. I just haven't yet. But it's phenomenal. A lot of people like were having trouble, again, like that S-mail list and, and, and uh-huh. Jeff uh, Green, Green, whatever I said his name was. Um, he, th- they all have it on there. They're like, I know this is cheating because it's a documentary, but like this is one of my favorite shows of the year. In fact, I think it was Esmail's favorite of the year, like number one. Um, I mean, it's really, really well done because it takes it, it, it starts at how OJ was raised and then his college scene and then like what race he, his racial identification and how that played mm. a role and how he wanted to somehow navigate very tumultuous racial racial times as tumultuous as ever and yet still he wanted to just try to avoid the issue completely you know and and so it talks about that whole thing and then i'm just getting up to the court stuff now so it's really 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 good because it it's a history lesson and a story of oj and you really you really especially in the first half really like the guy like you really get shows you why the whole nation was in love with the juice um, and then, of course, that's going to come crashing down. But it's really like a perfect, like, three-act structure, man. You know? But, like, in real life. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So that what brings next? us right. up to disappointing. Ooh. Okay. What so I have a freaking load. Am I first? Okay. Yeah. So I have a pile of stuff that I got I to gotta mention a couple little ones, and then I'll mention the big one here. Um, so I'm going to start with the one that, I'm, that I was like, whatever. I wasn't expecting that much. And that's Houdini and Doyle. I mean, this is a show about a magician and Arthur Conan Doyle solving crimes. It should be amazing, and it even had a good cast. The show was fucking lame. <laughs> I tried to watch it, and I was like, oh my god, this is like... It was so bad, it started to make me think I don't like detective shows anymore. Oh, like, that's how fucked up it was. It was just like, wait What's a second, what do I like about these? Um, I don't, CBS, okay. NBC, one of those. Yeah, yeah. It just sucked. Um... Another one that I had um, is, uh, well, it's tough to pick here. Um, so Mr. Robot goes on my disappointing list, and it also goes on, like, it's it's an honorable mention for the best shows of the year. You know, it's 
It's a great. Well, I, loved I it. have very mixed feelings about that season. Yeah. yeah, I loved it, and especially certain parts. Like best scene, arguably one of the best scenes for me was either that train scene where uh, Rami Malek and and his sort of love interest Angela. Um, see, for that show, I remember their names like crazy, which says something. You know what I mean? It really says those characters sure. are well sketched. It also says I've watched two full seasons of that show, but. Still. That scene on the train with the two of them when they finally kiss right before the shit really hits the fan was one of the best scenes. And another one of the best scenes was when Angela, not Angela, um, Darlene and Rami, when Rami gets out of jail, uh, when Elliot, Elliot, I should say, gets out of jail, uh-huh. and the two of them are hugging on the street, and then like that, that connection, I said this before, but that connection is punctuated by cars completely obstructing our view of it and then pass, so it's almost like this human connection and then like constantly being perforated by like sure. modern life just sure. really 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 well done the direction was great sure. and then the way that they pulled off the twist with the with and and they the framing of it and all that great stuff so it's a great season but it wasn't what i wanted it to be and it certainly wasn't what it could have been um and it also really just eschews it basically makes you feel like as great as the twist was it makes you feel like you wasted half your time at the same time because it has no relevance to the second whole half of the season which then was rushed as a result so it's just it's it's both a a huge disappointment or or a moderate to huge disappointment and one of my favorite watching experiences of the year so i'm very mixed on that sure um the other thing I wanted to mention um, was the way that Castle was handled. With it. I'm very, I was very disappointed with um, the like them trying to like fire Beckett and then like go forward with the show, which is just another example in this really bad trend of prioritizing the male leads on a show and just like thinking you can kill the female lead and move on, which to me is just a it's just horrendous behavior on a political level. But also, it's just stupid. You can't... I don't understand. I'm not watching it anymore. I watched the first eight episodes and kind of lost it. But I don't understand how you can have Sleepy Hollow without uh, Bahari, whatever her name was. Something Bahari. I don't remember her last name. But she was half that fucking show, if not more. What the fuck? Just because that dude is like Ichabod? They're both the main characters. Like, how do you just kill her and move on? Oh, they rebooted and moved to DC? No, not acceptable. And the same thing with Castle. They were like, they tried at least until the backlash was ridiculous to just get rid of Stan Akkadic and move on. And then, like, even one of the other females on the cast was like, I, uh, as much sad as it would be for Stan, the daughter, was like, as sad as it would be for Stan Akkadic to leave, the show will still be Castle because um, Nathan Fillion is Castle. And I was just like, damn, these optics blow. Like, it's just like, no, this is Castle and Beckett's show. You cancel it. So at least I, at least that was good. In the end, they were just like, it's canceled. Because that was way better. But then it gets like, a, they filmed two endings, one that was going to let it continue and one that ends it. That was just, it was just a bad scene. But just in general, all the stuff that's been happening with female characters being killed and then moving on with shows, I just really disappointed me in the way Hollywood's treating that. But my biggest disappointment of the year... Um, just because it was so horrendous of a show, like unwatchably bad, was Falling Water. Um, what is that? <laughs> it, Do you have expectations for that show? Yes, though? because it had, it, until we started hearing the buzz that it was going to suck, I saw like it was a show about dreams. and I mean, I loved Inception. There's not been anything else about people going into each other's dreams since Inception. And then like it was going to be on a channel that, you know, I love to watch shows like that. It was like Falling Water and it looked really stylistic and it was going to be about um, you want to know what happened to your son? Follow me. Very mysterious, a mystery show um, all about the nature of reality. I just thought it looked really, really good and I swear to God it's unwatchable. 
it's unfucking watchably bad. You try to watch it and it's like, wow, this is bad. It's everything that's good about other shows except the opposite of that. Um, it's just it's that it's that horrendous. And and for me, I really thought like this is on the channel Mr. Robot's on, right? This is a channel where um, is that the same channel Atlanta's on? No, FX? that's FX. What's Mr. Robot? USA. Okay, so it was on USA, and and USA had this renaissance. So that's why I was really thinking that it was it was like another in the line yeah. of the Mr. Robot trend. Yeah, and then they had a renaissance though, or have they had Mr. Robot? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they had a renaissance yeah. in that they're willing to take chances like Mr. Robot because that was a huge risk for their network. Sure, but I they think were the it's Blue Skies network. It's a, it's a fluke and a and a tr- unfortunately, yeah. I thought it would have been a renaissance though. I thought it was starting, you know, okay, and, yeah, and then yeah. it went. Yeah. So anyway, my biggest disappointment was probably Falling Water, although uh, Mr. Robot on the yes and no side as well. Those are some harsh okay. harsh words for Falling Water. I'm surprised. Okay. I'll be surprised to see what's worse. But okay, all right, I'm gonna batten down the hatches now. Let me just put up the walls. Let's do it. My most disappointing show is Westworld. I just okay. okay. I I got nothing. I don't know what to say. It's not like it's poorly shot or anything, but I've watched okay. five episodes. I feel nothing for anyone really, and right. my desire to watch it. Going into end of the year episodes with gaming, film, TV, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to recording that, my, my modus operandi becomes, let me watch everything I miss. Let me play games. Mm-hmm. Let me grab random games that are shorter that I can play enough of. Sure. Let me watch TV shows or catch up or movies. You know, I was like, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do with Westworld. And it's just like every time it's been a case of, eh. And that, that's been my entire attitude about the show is it's like the hype was so it when, when hype is up like that, is it, I mean... You know, like, sure, but it's like yeah, it, it's fair. Even beyond that, I've just found it to be kind of dull. Like I keep, I keep getting to moments where it's like, no, when you get to this, or it's like, oh, the third episode's slow. Once you get past that, or oh, once you get to the ro- robot, the robot orgy, and mm-hmm. you know the characters sure. start moving, and then oh, and then it's like, you know, I'm halfway through the season, and you know, I, this could change once I finally finish it and you know see the rest of the season. But sure. you know, I am in that plot. I'm in that camp of thinking. You need characters to give a shit about for a plot to be something that you can invest in. Right. It's the same argument I had with uh, you, former host Tim about Assassin's Creed. Right. Although I don't think the plot there would be saved at all by good characters. <laughs> right. Here, I just feel like because of the way it jumps around, because you don't know where anyone necessarily is in their own personal journeys, at least with the hosts, mm-hmm. um, I just, it it left a meh impression. It's not mm-hmm. a bad show. Mm-hmm. It's well shot, but you know, compared to more... It, it, it compared to shows that are also super heady and have complex ideas like Hannibal or the way American Crime Story was told, it's like I just I felt I feel I still feel nothing for Westworld, and I'm gonna finish it, and I will see. I will definitely bring it up on on a TV episode whenever I finally mm. do get through that. Mm. But I I can say that my anticipation to finish it is extremely low, and it's just for me for that reason because I was excited for that show. Yeah. I was crazy excited Were for you Westworld. really? Yeah. Okay. Like from the first times it was mentioned just because of the concept and the cast and the first trailers and you know the so hype what, after what that. What is the show? This is a good question. What is the show that, that you would have wanted it to be more like? I don't know. Based on that anticipation. Like what, what, I, it's what hard needs to, to say. be there? Yeah, I mean, it is hard to say. It is hard to say. Especially in 3 minutes. But, but yeah. again, just a better sense of like, I really like the pilot, too. That's the thing. And I just feel like every episode after that has failed to progress things in a way with the characters. Mm-hmm. And, and a part of that might be the fault of the shifting timelines yeah. and how everything is. They, they wanted places. to do, they did a yeah. thing that is, it's almost like, it's almost like a, 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 a prologue year. 
And, and really, uh, it it's really a very is, compelling prologue. Especially by the time you get to the season finale, and it's like, oh, this. You it's know. really the start of what's to come. And so, what's interesting about it is, it does develop those characters, but not in a way that makes their development useful in season one as much mm-hmm. as it's built them up to be characters that you're ready to see really kick some ass in two. And so, it's almost like I'm thinking that the people that are in the camp of the character development is not there on this show. Mm-hmm. Especially because you don't even know who's who and where. And especially when you get to the end, you'll be like, wow, like I really didn't know who's who and where, you know? Um, And so I think, A, on repeat viewings, that will improve. Right. Because, you know, you know who this is and when they are, so you can look at what they were doing and understand it. Um, And B, um, for season two, it's set up uh, just some tremendous character motivations moving Mm -hmm. forward. Um, that I think could make a show that that the critics will then jump on unanimously, maybe more, or it might win over some people who didn't love it and say, "Wow, like these characters now have are doing like character stuff." Whereas I think the first season was was about um, trick of the mirrors and and, I mean, and lights and and and, sure. and 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 you know playing mind games with somebody like me who just loves. Mind I mean, games, it's it's know? very similar to why I had so many problems with Mr. Robot season two mm-hmm. and the fact that it, it prioritized those big twists over telling a good story yeah. in my mind. The difference though is by the time you get to the end of Westworld, that show pays off the twists in every way. Like the twists benefited it and it actually pays them off really well because of the idea of consciousness and all the ways it goes with that to the point where you could watch it again and get tremendous value out of it. With, with Mr. Robot, I think you would just go back to the beginning and be like, all right, let me watch the six episodes that are about trickery now. That are yeah. that have no... that, that They don't get better on repeat I mean, viewing. Yeah. There's no depth to be gleaned. Once it's revealed, it's just like, we played a trick on you for six episodes, hee-hee. And it was fun at the time, but it certainly isn't giving me any character development. You Again, know? though, yeah. It's, it was I think of anticipation. Yeah. I had very little anticipation for Mr. Robot yeah. Season 2. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it's just... Maybe I'll finish it and like it more, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think maybe and maybe rewatching it in the future. But at the same time, that's a big ask, and I wouldn't be. Any, I wouldn't well, you be... don't need the ask because if you love it like I do, it would be like what I want to do. So I'm, see, I'm, I know what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying, but it's. I'm not saying that like if you don't like it the first time, you no, should no, rewatch no. it. Not uh, at all. Yeah, it's just for me. We'll see when I finish it, and I think it's a risky thing. They got a second season. Uh, I guess we'll see what. Audience twenty eighteen to too. Yeah, yeah, it's a ways off. Yeah, that's a lot to ask. Well, people I to love that about through, TV but... too, though. I love the idea of like, here's something that we're gonna build that's so epic that we need to wait a year and a half to do it, and it took three years to make the first one. It's just, it's very well, and even longer than that. It's, it's very been... ambitious. Yeah, is what I love about yeah. it. It's like we're gonna make something with swirling plot lines and twists right. galore, and just. All kinds of complexity, and, and that's a huge, when you talk about asks, it's a huge ask for the, that cast, you right. know, to be like, here's what you're going to be at this point, and then, I mean, can you imagine, like, what that document looks like, right, that script right. document to design right. this show, and make sure there aren't plot holes aplenty, and I don't know. I just think well, it's I can't a, imagine it's, just what it's the writer's to be room praised. is like. It's, I feel like it's to be praised even beyond how good the show itself is just sure. for the freaking undertaking that it is. But I can totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, no, no. And, and I, I get that idea. If you don't, if a puzzle box isn't, being a puzzle box can't be the priority for you, I can understand it not working. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was me disappointing uh, yeah. Westworld with, I guess, a Mr. Robot would get an honorable mention for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. But, cool. Kevin, what's your most disappointing show of 2016? Okay. So this one, like, well, it was kind of hard. To, the most disappointing and worst were a little hard for me because, like, 
I don't watch as much TV as you guys, and so like and you only really watch what you know you're gonna like. For, I mean, not you watch exclusively, but like <laughs> yeah, <it>. no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the only show I watch. Speechless yeah, yeah. and superheroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so like it was kind of, but for this one, it's a show I have a love hate relationship with. I still watch, but watching it is like a roller coaster of like high low, high low, high low, you know. And um, for this, it came down to just the season finale more. Was disappointing. The I have no idea what he's going to say. But Arrow, the was the season four oh. finale. <laughs> oh, because the season four finale was like. Have you well, watched season five yet? I'm though? going. No, that's what I'm going to. Yeah. All right. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this show is. That's why I was previous. Like this isn't wasn't like. And I considered Miss Robot here, but also that was a really mixed thing because like yeah, that it started off super slow and boring for me and hard to get into. Was easy to do, but then it picked up and it left off on an interesting note. Yeah. But no, Arrow. I you know I mean it's one again. I still like overall. It's but I looked. I thought about it. So season three was disappointing for me overall, but had a, a strong finale. I thought whereas season four was a much better season in my eyes. Still, season two is still the best, but season four it was better than three, but had a really lame finale. And so that's why, you know, again, this was hard to pick because I don't watch like a lot of it. So I'm not really saying sure, sure. No, it I get here. you. It was just a matter that's, of like that's what, a fair argument. Yeah, it's because well, the especially that, a show that you're enjoying a lot that's that's is think, the best to disappoint you. That's Mr. Robot for you. Well, yeah, and came, I think the trick with you know, especially with shows split during the summer, is you can right. specify one season. It's like you yeah, haven't so seen like, season five. Yet. That's the thing. So from I, my perspective, because season five has been has it been stellar? Yeah, sure. Is the season two good? It's hard to say, you know, season two sticks the landing so well, right. and that's a big part, like that mega finale to season two. But yeah, it's on that track. Well, it's the thing about the Arrowverse is they have so much content out there that like st- some of it's going to be great, some of it's going to be mediocre, some of it's going to be bad. That's like, the 22 that's episode the, curse too. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why when I hear about Supergirl season one and Flash season one, I'm just like, really? Really, the, all twenty-three episodes are good. Really, really, I, would I wouldn't like, say that about season one of Supergirl. Right, but I would say what Supergirl did this year would be really, really good. And really, Arrow is one I think could benefit from a sixteen-episode format. You know, I'm like they maybe all I'm wrong, but they all kind of could. But like yeah. because there was a lot going on, and but the main thing that came down to was that you had a really great villain in the form of Damian Dark and a great performance by Neil Magano, but the fight between him and Ollie in the finale was so bad. Like, it was just like... And I get it. It's hard to pull off the budget across the board because especially when they put so much money into stuff like Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, it's hard. But still, that was pretty still good. Still get a good choreographer. Well, but, I mean, I'll agree. It's a bad fight. Right. But the other thing, too, is that making... Turning Felicity into... Right. Sorry. Don't it, get just, spoilery. Too spoilery. Okay. It sounds like this is about to be really spoilery. You are going to watch the show for like seven I told, years. I'm going to watch the hell out of it. I can leave for a second, man. I can leave for a second. You want to talk about it? You just, guys talk just, about it for a second. Just for yeah. a second, okay. Right. Text me, man. Because that, yeah. I mean it. Because you no, no, no. your superhero out a little bit. Well, this is like, okay. Hold on, I'm coming back in a minute. Hold on. All right. Okay, so making Felicity the kind of Oracle character was a great move in my eyes, and then immediately reversing it not long after, I was like, really? They had to do that? I mean, so, that is that is a thing, yeah. but it's also a superhero world. It's That's the problem in all superhero comics work. Yeah, I know. I think every comic universe has healing for everything oh, now know, that I they know. just, like, that they have, you yeah, have to hand wife, so either accept it or not. But it's I just mean, like, she would have been so great, like, staying in that role of, like, an Oracle's seeing like a song yeah, she still is she's I just know, not but like, I know but yeah, that yeah, is a big yeah, thing yeah, yeah, I, I, and yeah. I understand that right, and I right. get that outrage right right um, and it's not so much outrage but like uh, it, but it's just like 
Eh, there wasn't really a need to get her. Then again, it's a fandom that just hates, either hates or loves Felicity anyway. So I don't know that some people would care either way what they did with her. Right, right, right. But no, it's like, I still really uh, like the show overall. And I'm excited about season five. And like, and I really, uh, I mean, like the cast and crew are people I would want to meet. Because like Stephen Amell, actually, he does a lot of um, advocacy for SMA, which is crazy. So he's also just... Like, everyone in the Arrowverse. Like, he just sounds like the most lovable guy. Like uh, Everyone in the Arrowverse like, seems to love being there, which is Oh, I, yeah, no, I'm sure. It, see, I mean, so. well, that's the thing about it is, like, they're, whether they have ups and downs, I mean, it's, you can totally see the family atmosphere there. And, no, I mean, I'm super looking forward to season five, but, um, and I get this was a hard pick because, like, I don't want to sound like I'm just dishing on Arrow because, like, it was just, like, I didn't really have that many other options. So I was like, well, I get that. Eh, the season finale fair enough, fair enough. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, Rich, you can come back in. <laughs> <laughs> I might not. Uh, well, in, in well, let me ask you this while I sure. go grab Rich. Do you, what would be your hopes for season five then, now that you're, you're just, dis- well, I like the idea of him as mayor. That's really cool. And um, just seeing more build up and, well, and it's an interesting arc now that um, Deagle's gone from the team and um, there's new challenges for Ollie to face. So, I'm very much looking forward to season five, and, um, you know, we'll see where things go. But, um, yeah, so this was a hard pick, um, but I still really enjoy, I love spending time in the Arrowverse as much as I can, and um, it's pretty amazing how many shows they've put out um, since this all began back in, what, 2011, 2012? 2012, so yeah. Shows. yeah. I'm back. And even more coming. God yeah. knows. Yeah, I know. Jeff Johns announced a new DC. Do, do we know anything more about that? Black Lightning. I oh, think. it's Black Lightning. Oh, is it? Okay, and then cool. they also have the Constantine animated series. They're That's doing. right. Oh, that they really? Are, yes. Yeah. Matt Ryan on the seed voice, on yeah. CW seed. So, oh, goddamn. But seed. still, but I mean, that's where they do. What the is it going to be? One. Five minute episodes again? Well, Probably. they do. The, they do the Vixen show on there too. Uh, you mean yeah. five minute episodes? Yeah. But it's cool. Well, anyway, so um, what I think would be interesting. I didn't hear anything you guys said. I I, I don't think, but. Um, why not have 16 episode seasons and have like one more show, you know? It'll probably get to that. Well, I, I don't know if they'll uh, want the one more show. It might get to that point just because the CW is I I, running out of room. Yeah. Running out of room and... It's going to have to be 24-7. Like, it's not going to be about primetime anymore. It's going to be like, yeah, 5 p.m. has a show, 6 p.m. has a show. I mean... And I just can't imagine, like, I mean, I, Greg Berlani is like the Kevin Feige of that guy, universe. And right. like, just the responsibility of, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility managing all those movies, you know, the MCU, but doing four TV shows with 22 episode seasons and all at the same time and it's just a, I don't know how to do it it's just it's a really amazing feat they've accomplished yeah I, I can't believe it's all most of most of it's so high quality yeah I, like that arrow is still rolling and you're about to say that like if they stick to Lenny maybe season two good like that blows my mind we'll see I mean yeah. there's the whole spring to see where they go with it but it's off to a really good start it's probably second best overall of the Arrowverse this season. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. But nice. let's um, keep on the good train, and good. we're going to look at our number two show All right. of the year. So, so who starts I get this to one? start this All one All right, off. do it up. So, so much like film, it was a thing where I was going back and forth between two shows. The difference being with film, it was a case of, you know, one was my favorite, one was the best. In this case... Both are my favorites, and right. both are probably the best shows of the year, so it was even trickier to kind of pick which one to go with here. Ultimately, though, just because it, it was a different beast of seeing so much of it from all the years, 
My number two is going to be Steven Universe, uh, which I talked about previously. I so. can't believe your three and two are both animated. That's really interesting. It's a good year. Yeah, uh, it it's says a, a real lot. good year. It says a lot. Um, but you know, I I, I, I cordoned it off. I looked at just what the best episode or what episodes aired this year, which was a considerable amount, seeing as that it ended its second season and began its fourth season this year. Uh, so there was a lot of Steven Universe in twenty sixteen. That seems like a show from what you've told me about it. That is. They're very, the creative juices are flowing. Like, they're doing, it's their passion project, and it is in its, like, it's, it's got its stride and then some. And so they're just firing on all cylinders, and they're just going to keep putting out content as long as it feels great. Yeah, I mean, they have a very clear story arc that they're developing while also doing a lot of great one-off episodes and then having really strong character arcs, and it's just across the board fantastic. Um, you know, we fell in love with it, watched Marathon shotgun that series in about two weeks and got through the whole thing and are all caught up and you buy like the micro mini mystery little yeah figures. we have some of the figures i have one of the graphic novels you got the sticker um, you got a graphic novel i didn't know that i did yeah i have a sticker for one of the characters on the back of my computer now um do you watch it online or uh well hulu and then we had to do a uh i think some site to watch the middle yeah, episodes yeah. and then they're on demand on cartoon gotcha. network cool now we're all caught up, and they have another big Steven Bomb coming soon with a big story arc chunk that's I'm really excited about. But it's just, the characters are fantastic. The plot lines are all easy to get invested in, and the way they can, they look, because there's so much of it, they can take such deep looks at all the different relationships between the characters and give depth to, you know, everyone in Beach City. And it's a pretty big supporting cast outside of just the main Crystal Gems. And it's just fun. It's just such a lovable entertaining show whether it is being a goofy one-off adventure or a deep look at one of the characters psyches or the big action you know war against homeworld storyline that's been you know building throughout the whole back of the show and it's just phenomenal there's a reason it's so popular i mean it's the number one show on cartoon network it is their flagship at this point and what blows my mind about that is like even to hear them talk about it, like this isn't my opinion like they say we are trying to like change people's minds almost almost in a subversive way like change people's minds about these subjects and the fact that it's about something that could be interpreted by by what i would say are, are not as enlightened people as you know trying to manipulate their children or something like that like i could see people having that perspective and you know like i said narrower minded people i'm not saying that that's like a good perspective to have but for that show to be so mainstream popular and and yet to have such you know, uh, progressive views, I guess is the best way to put it, is really impressive. It blows my mind that it would that it would take the top spot on Cartoon Network, which is kind of like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at this as an outsider, but it, isn't that impressive? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of the top three networks for kids, I would say, you know, between that, Disney, and Nickelodeon. Uh, but yeah, the way it does, you know, it's very subversive, and it it's just it it doesn't it doesn't make big issues out of anything. It's just the way the characters are, whether you know LGBT stuff or personality or you Body, know, gender love, fluidity yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just it's a fantastic show. It it and I, it's I mad fun. It. Yeah, it's just fun, and I'm always excited when there's new episodes of it. So my number two show of the year, Steven Universe. Nice, Kevin. What do you okay. got, Kevin, for second best of 2016? So this is another one I've talked about multiple times before um, that I've binged twice. was a big Netflix summer series. Okay. Uh, Wait, yeah, you yeah, watched yeah. it twice? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. ever hear you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, but, I mean, well, I mean, it's in, it's only eight episodes, so it's pretty... Yeah, but still. But, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Stranger Things is nice. like, I mean, just beyond it, you know, breeding with nostalgia, it's just so many lovable characters and um, what the Duffer Brothers did is just create the perfect summer blockbuster um, in the vein of a lot of Spielberg stuff and um, Little Carpenter and Stephen King thrown in there. Um, you know, it's, we talked about it a lot before. You, I mean, the internet has talked about it quite a bit um, in the last few months. But, uh, yeah, it's as far as one, you know, I can't wait for season two. Um, I've listened to the soundtrack multiple times, rewatched it, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know if I've picked a favorite episode yet, because it, it feels more, I mean, it, the feel of it is more like an eight, akin to an eight-hour movie than um, a show, so it's hard to pick out the favorite episode. But, um, yeah, it's just a total, it captures the feel of the 80s so well, um, which is an era I love, and... Yeah, all the sci-fi horror stuff in there and the characters is just a blast from start to finish. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, the music, man. I was listening oh to that gosh, soundtrack, yeah, yeah. dude. Heck yeah. That, that is such a great soundtrack. Yeah! There we yeah, go. Yeah, there, there it go. was. There it was. I like, like the that. the VHS-style intro and everything. Yeah. It's no, so it, good. It, it's really good. Uh, so stylish. It didn't yeah. quite live up to me just because sure. it was a little too E.T. and I don't sure. like E.T., but I did no, really enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Are you going to be like right there on day one for season two, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. We'll probably watch it. And you, of course, well, day, yeah, minute yeah. one. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. Awesome. I have to finish season one still. I yeah. like it. Um a lot yeah yeah um but not quite the level that you do but sure. it's definitely really good awesome so mine um is a show i've already talked about um my number two and um it's search party um oh. this show is everything i want a show to be it's a comedy and it's a mystery i already said that um but the thing about it is much unlike what i was praising westworld for although i do love the characters on that as well um but the cast of this is brilliant. It has just four archetypes, you know, that are so good. Uh, I didn't mention that the main character, Dory's boyfriend, is Drew Gardner, and he's like a spoon-fed doofus, it says here, a little too sheltered. He's like a guy that, from the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, he's he's just so, like, milk toast and, and, and bland, and how could anybody love him? He's just so blah. And then by the end, you just see his heart and his soul really well. And then, um, like I was saying, Elliot Goss... Um, is is the gay and hipper than now character and he is like such a narcissist and he turns out he's a compulsive liar about certain fundamental things about his life and just the things you find out about these characters portia with her mother issues um and then you know certain things that have happened to dory in the past and the relationships they get into it's just a really brilliantly done character study about 20 somethings there's about three thousand of those on tv right now nonetheless this to me really rises to the top uh -huh. um i just could I, it there's very few shows that i watch straight through um and this was absolutely one of them. So it makes my number two for all those reasons and more. Cool, cool. All right. So now we're hitting to the final stretch here. The final right. stretch. Four Last four uh, awards. So we've got number... Episode. Not number. Episode, number episode. Kevin. What's up? What's Fa your... Favorite episode? Favorite, favorite episode, episode right. of 2016. Okay. So this was... Initially, I was thinking the Westworld pilot, but... Um, really that was good. what it was very, and really I don't good. think it, that's probably the most from what, a stylistic standpoint. And, uh, but then I thought about like the one I had the most fun with, and I think Jordan can relate here too, is the Welcome to Earth 2 episode of Flash. Um, because I forget that was this year. Oh my gosh, because you know, I mean, like, um, while it was kind of disappointing that the Flashpoint only ended up being one episode and sort of limited in its scope, which I understand, you know, why that... They needed to get back this, to some status quo. Right, right. And, um, well, and just with the way the story was at that point. But this was more akin to 
what fans want out of a Flashpoint episode in terms of an alternate reality. Um, you just get to see so many different nuances and um, just even teases like Mayor Leonard Snart and Snart and all that. Um, it was just a pure, fun, imaginative episode from start to finish. It was a two-parter. Um, but um, yeah, the writing was solid. It was... Uh, it just consisted with the tone of the show so much and brought about everything you love and uh this was and it was in the middle of the whole zoom arc and everything um so it was definitely i think the best episode of the series that in 2016 possibly of the whole show it started i mean the season one finale is pretty awesome too um and the season two finale is solid not as good but it's solid but this was the major highlight of season two for me and um i think jordan can can testify to that yeah it's a really good episode yeah yeah um yeah arrowverse had some real highlights this year sure and that was definitely one of them sure uh cool yeah awesome rich what's your favorite episode so mine um mine was also a fun episode to watch and that's a crazy thing to say because it was an episode of black mirror yeah and that show doesn't have fun to watch episodes. Uh, fun to watch, yes, but not happy. Okay, not yeah, with yeah. any kind of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uplifting yeah. aspects, really. It's generally um, all about the doom and gloom of what technology can bring. Um, the show is generally a masterpiece. I, I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority on this. I, I like the first two seasons better than the most recent season, personally. I think you're in the minority on that. Yeah, I don't know. I've been hearing just, just a, a couple lot of, ways. I've seen yeah. a lot of buzz on season three. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like season three okay. Um, My creative like writing it. professor, who's tough critic, he really enjoys season three. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah. I don't like it as much as I liked uh, the first two, but I like it. Um, so it doesn't make my best stuff, even though that show is is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, I just think that what they do in an hour is miraculous. I mean, to build a cast of characters and a world and make a meaningful plot and have something to say in one hour is fucking mind-boggling and charlie brooker who does that show is ma- is, is is masterful the thing about it though is when you do that when you have that formula uh and when you try to reach for the high highs that you reach for with a show like that you're gonna have episodes like the waldo moment which even before the, you know the people are making compar- real close comparisons to the political game of this year i didn't like that much and the national anthem which again you know everybody's got their weaker episodes and their stronger episodes for me though um, the high highs of this show are some are, are better than really anything on TV sometimes. Um, and that was definitely the case for San Junipero this year. Uh, that show is, uh, I mean, excuse me, that episode, it almost could be its own show. It's it's a masterpiece. The characters they develop, they bring up LGBT issues again in a, in a very, like, this is just who we are way. Um, the characters are, are, are just fantastic. But the best thing is, you know something's fishy and something's going on. They start talking about having a time limit early on. It's like, we got four hours left, baby, come on, and things like that. It's like something's up with this world they're in. Um, And then you find out what it is, and then it goes even further. And then you find out what that is, and then it goes even further with more questions about end of life and mortality and 
what do you want from you know what is the afterlife and just different kind of concepts that are generally not tackled and then this one also goes to one of the big problems that i have often with black mirror episodes is they're really great until the last couple minutes and they throw one un and this is weird for me to say they throw one unnecessary extra doom and gloom twist in the end that's like it's just like oh fuck did you have to do that like there's one episode this season where at the very end you find out like the 16 year old boy is a pedophile it's like what really is that what really you know, did you have, did, or is he 18? I mean, I don't know. You know, it's just, I don't see it, it, it's, yeah, it's just, that's not necessary. And and, and there's things like that. Like, it, it just totally derails what the point of that episode was in other ways. Uh-huh. And so, you know, um, this episode actually has a happy ending, um, which is like, wow, um, in a there. way. But, but, but it has a very doomed ending first and then a happy ending. It's okay. just... It's just so well handled, and it's a throwback to the 80s with Belinda Carlisle music. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about this episode. If the whole season had been, you know, even two-thirds as good as that episode, it would have been my show of the year. Um, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. So, anyway, San Junipero, this category of pest episode is made for San Junipero to get praise. Anyway. Cool. All right. Jordan, what's your favorite episode? Uh, so let me go back to my number two show because I watched a lot of Steven Universe this year. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of good episodes because there just are a lot of good episodes of Steven Universe in general. But for me, I went with the episode Mr. Greg, which was their musical episode, which in 11 minutes to have a bunch of musical numbers. I mean, that show is pretty musical already, but, uh, it explored one of the more complicated relationships in the show, which... Um, is between two of the characters, and it's it's a case of they had the same love interest, and there's just a lot of complexity that's weird to say, because again, some of the characters on the show are, you know, thousands of years old and have these long histories, and it it's, it's sort of a rivalry slash dislike that's been there throughout the whole show and got fleshed out more and more, and again, I'm avoiding spoilers just because I think you should watch Steven Universe if you haven't yet, but... The way it kind of is all about... Steven is is the perspective character, and so everything in the show is seen through his eyes. He's present in every scene, or at least that's the goal. Um, but it's not so much about him, or is it? No, it is about him, but that's like why the beginning... The first season is a lot more of those one-off adventures and a little fun, because he hasn't learned a lot yet. And he, you catch a lot of glimpses of the bigger arc through his eyes and the relationships. And he's a very pure, innocent kid, even though he's learned... I mean, he's getting more... He's maturing, that's a big part right. of the show, but he wants everyone to be happy and he wants to give everyone a second chance and so he's this episode is about him seeing and dealing with this rift and helping these two people who he cares a lot about because again all the main characters work and live together and for the most part are friends and having helping them you know, and in some cases can stuff. blend into one character yeah with through fusion but yeah. this whole episode brings that arc not to a close because again nothing's ever over it's all about dealing with your issues and that there are ongoing threads for everyone in this show but the way it delivers one of my favorite songs in the whole series and there's a lot of them the way it has a lot of just fun numbers the way it develops everything and again the fact that it's 11 minutes and they managed to accomplish so much character development and reconnection and uh putting things to rest it's a fantastic episode um again it's hard to talk about just because I don't want to spoil yeah. it. Neither of you guys have seen Steven Universe, really. Except for a couple episodes, and I love them. Uh, but Mr. Greg for Steven Universe, my favorite episode of this year. Awesome. Cool. That's crazy, an 11-minute car- uh, animated episode being, yeah. I mean, I know that, that it's worthy. It's just crazy. It's something you wouldn't have heard before. Yeah. yeah. 
You did yours. Oh, yes. Yes, you did. Yeah, so who's yeah, first yeah. on our next Next category. up is character, and that brings it to Rich to go first. Okay. Um, so mine, um, mine's going to be pretty quick. Um, my favorite character of this year uh, is the, I guess the closest thing you have to a perspective character in a way um, into Westworld, and that is Dolores. Um, my second pick would be John Early's character, Elliot Goss, in Search Party, but Dolores to me um, is, like I said, she haunted me. She haunted my dreams. She haunted my days after I'd watch episodes. I cared so much for her. She, I like her so much that me and the person I watched Westworld with went back to watch like previous performances with her in it. Um, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, just to like see more. Mer- uh, Mildred Pierce, for example, uh, the uh, HBO miniseries based on the James M. Kahn, um potboiler novel. Um, and she's just a great actress, but this character is just, like I said, I mean, it's just above and beyond. And the way they wrote this character, it's just... She's... It's all about, like, her identity and what is that and her finding herself and and, and, and idealism about love and what a relationship can be and, uh-huh. and beauty. And uh, she's also very smart but very sheltered. And I, I just... I love the character. There's so many great characters in that show. But I think the character that... And another thing, characters are more sometimes than just the, the things they say or even the first people that they are. Sometimes it matters what they look like and what setting they're in. And with her, with her blue, you know, trademark blue dress or when she moves to the more traveling clothes with the brown pants and the, and the shirt, but just her hair. and She's like the archetype of the Wild West girl in such a good way, but with another edge. I just love that character. I just love it. I, everything about it. So sure. uh, Dolores in Westworld is my favorite character for sure. Cool. All right, going back, I feel like a lot of our lists are just unavoidably giving away some of our top three shows yeah. just listening. But uh, going back to Steven Universe again, uh, for me, uh, I went with Peridot, played by Shelby Rivara on uh-huh. Steven Universe, um, who towards the end of the 2015 episodes was sort of, I mean, started off as a major villain on the show before kind of losing a lot of her station and ended up kind of being taken in. And you know, this is fairly common knowledge now, but, you know, this year's episodes were all about her softening and becoming a more accepted member of the Crystal Gems, and uh, really what it comes down to is that Peridot is, bar none, my favorite character on the show, is one of the funniest, most entertaining characters to watch as they kind of grapple with. Because again, the whole idea is that the Crystal ge- the Gems are aliens, and they come from another world, and the reason the Crystal Gems formed is because they saw the value and worth of Earth. And so this is kind of seeing that happen for a character as they sort of learn about Earth and, and find out things, and she becomes excess. She becomes obsessed with this really cheesy um, young adult teen show about like characters falling in love at a summer camp and just like watches the heck out of it or seeing her try to understand human culture and uh, watching her deal with the loss of her limb extenders and having to be all short. And it's just, she's just hilarious. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I got a sticker of her. That's the character I referred to earlier. That's with the limb extenders removed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's her. What is limb extenders? It's basically like she's a peridot and peridot's in the gem culture are naturally smaller and uh-huh. so they give them like limb extenders to make them more useful and gym gym society is very like strat stratified yeah. by yeah. by class and role in society so that plays a lot into it and you know a big part of it is not being what society expects you to be and that's another theme of the show um but yeah wow. i just i love the character i mean beyond just having a great story arc and a lot of good character development and being one of the characters that gets shipped around a lot in in the fan culture. And unfortunately, that was what led to that kind of, like, 
member of the crew getting hate mailed and hazed online for, for suggesting one ship over another. And it's unfortunate that that's a part of a community. Suggesting what? They they drew basically they just drew some art of Peridot with one of the characters, and then there's another character that the community wants to see her end up with, and it was like, uh, unfortunately, yeah. that happens at a lot of things. Even on something as free thinking, and I mean that just blows my mind on a show as progressive as this. Yes, people are stupid, unfortunately. But uh, I love Peridot, funniest character on the show for me, and has had one of my favorite arcs. Even though it's it's one of the simpler arcs, just because you know it's a matter of acceptance and you know go turning away from your old school. Uh, less than ideal beliefs, but no, I just love this character. So for me, Peridot was uh, my what character so highlight. So when you start Steven Universe, how long does it take before she's like a member of the Gems? It's like standing around with them uh, in that, when the episodes start. I mean, she doesn't really show up till around episode forty something. Oh wow! And then I think it's around like episode seventy one or two that she wow. comes onto the team or something like that. It's rough estimates. That's crazy. I mean, I just, when I see that, when you think of, like, a show like this, like, let's say um, Sailor Moon, like, there's the Sailor Moon girls, you know? Like, there's the crew of the, like, the core crew of, of them. Or the My Little Ponies, you know? There's the My Little Ponies, there's, like, five or six of them. In this show, it seems like there's only, like, two or three, and then Steven, and then I guess it's growing? Yeah, the, there's been a lot of character developments and additional characters and new characters introduced. So yeah. who's the core cast now? Uh, I mean, the core is still Steven, Pearl, Amethyst, and Garnet. They're like the main team, because Peridot and Lapis live off in a barn, but they'll oh, join okay. them on occasion, and, and more more so than not. I mean, they're in, Peridot's in more episodes than she is in at this point. Okay. Uh, and then there's Connie and his dad, and it's, 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 it's a show that is not afraid to change and evolve itself over yeah, time, wow. which is another thing that I really like about it. But yeah, Peridot, my favorite. Oh, and then the, what about Steven's love interest, that girl? That's Connie. Yeah, oh, she, okay. she's in there too. And again, her role has changed a lot. Everyone's role has yeah. changed a lot and what we know about them and understand them to be. So it's really good for that. Cool. Kevin, what's okay. your favorite character? Well, also a really fun, entertaining character for me. Um, I, I would call like the Samwise Gamgee of Stranger Things. Be Dustin. Like mm -hmm. um, he's just like, I said it before, I think he'd be, he's like my favorite tv sidekick since neil schweiber and freaks and geeks he's just so much fun um i love his interactions with the other characters in the i love it because he's goofy but also is like the very wise like common sense like holds the group together really because um and, you know he's not the full-on leader but he's very much a good counselor and splits up fights between the group members and really carries them well but oh i mean you know he has the crush on um like his sister and um and there's just all these little nuances about him that make him there's such a good endearing presence endearing and um yeah i just he's one i'm i mean i know 11 was the big hype train and she's great i mean don't millie bobby brown gives a great really great performance there um but as far as characters the most fun and energetic for me would be dustin cool yeah, that's, right. that's what's up. All right. Um, so now we move on to worst, right? Yeah. Who's first on Me. worst? Okay. I don't, honest to God, know, you know, it's because my fiance loves the show, but God knows I reviewed it because it was available and I watch it and I'm just, right. God, I, I, this show's gotten so freaking bad. I don't, because that's the thing, right? When it's, when a movie, you see a movie and it's the worst because you'll see a movie. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. You only have to, that's only an hour and a half to hour. Yeah, right. you don't tend to keep watching a terrible television show. You, you bail because that's what TV is designed for. Right, right. Shows lose viewers and even when I'm completionist, it's usually because of 
I review it, and so right. I have right. to keep right. watching. Right. Right. But Once Upon a Time is so bad. It's really? so bad. What season are they on? They're now? in season six. Okay. And it's just, like, you know, up through the fourth season, it was actually a really entertaining show. I mean, it was still sure. kind of dumb and goofy. Sure, and there's sure. no fables, but... Right. It was entertaining. I mean, it had its ups and downs. Sure. Uh, like any show. Yeah, but you would always defend it pretty pretty well. Yeah, but starting around the fifth season, yeah, really the, the end of the fourth started. season. Yeah, the fences stopped. Did they change our runners at all? Or no, it's been okay. the same okay. people. You know, they have a background. They were from Lost. Um, okay. That's why Which so was much, also like, what? Why so did they much, make such a shit show? There's so much Lost to love. Well, Carlton Q, you know, Q's and Lindelof weren't there. Right. Uh, these are, I think, I forget their names. Uh, but it's... It, uh, I think they're the same people that did uh, 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 the one I was talking about earlier, um, Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, I think. Maybe. I don't know on that. But. So my sister watches it. I don't know if she still does, but is it an anthology series? Like, I mean, I know it hits on all these fairy tales and stuff, but no, uh, I mean, it they're has, focused on the same characters. Yes, it has yeah. storylines. Like, yeah. each season is usually broken up into different, like, main villain arcs sure. and whatnot, but no, it's the same cast of characters. But they have gotten to the point where they're just spinning in yeah, place, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. same story arcs are playing out, and the same characters uh-huh. go bad. I mean, that was the that was the interesting thing early on was like certain relationships and how these characters would develop and grow. And now it's like, uh-huh. nope, everyone has their role, and everyone is related to everyone. Like that show is so bad about being. Oh no, the big villain is your brother or uh-huh. sister or secret uh-huh. father or daughter, and that that's pretty much like. That was why this Frozen arc, which was obviously corporate synergy, but was such a breath of fresh air is that no one from Frozen was related to any of the main cast members, mm. although the bad guy ended up being their secret aunt. So it's like, that's gotten to be a big problem. Sure. They completely dropped the ball on Aladdin, who was like this big, they were like teasing that Aladdin was going to be a huge part of the season. And I guess he's still going to come back, but then he got turned into a genie and the bad guys <laughs> made him do evil wishes. And now there's like... That's the other thing is they love to go back with the flashbacks, but they ran out of flashback material and they did another curse and they had new flashbacks and now they have a version of of the fairy tale world if she had never come there so it's like the wish version of the the fairy tale world and sounds like you're overcomplicating a gross tasting ham sandwich. It is just a mess. No, the arcs are just it, it comes down to the same you know guilt complex. What used to be fun about it? Just seeing, you know, different interpretations of, Di- of you know, fairy tales slash, you know, the Disney versions of those fairy tales, because it's ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, arcs are good the first time through if they're well done, and the arcs were for the most part. Again, it was a bit cheesy, but, you know, it had a structure of each week we're going to meet one of the, br- not brain, yeah, brainwashed, you know, under the curse characters, kind of see their backstory and see where they are in Storybrooke, and Emma's going to, Emma and, um... Henry are going to help him out, and she's going to come closer and closer, and then the second season changed things up, and then they kind of went with the split story arcs, and again, it's just that they've repeated themselves so much, and they've run out of any kind of original ideas other than, oh, let's have um, freaking Captain Nemo on the show now and do 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, or or 20,000, 20,000, whatever. It's just... It's ludicrous, and the, the sad part was it seemed like it was on the right track at the beginning of the season six, because they were like, all right, we have this land of untold stories, and this is where kind of like all the public domain novels and whatnot, and that Perfect. was, you know, kind of a cool concept. It's a story source. Yeah, and the first few episodes were that. They had an episode about the Count of Monte Cristo. They had Ooh. an episode dedicated to, you know, it seemed like Mr. Hyde was going to be the big bad, because he was like the guy that ruled this place. Sounds good. 
And then they killed him off, and it was like, oh no, the evil queen, who's now a good guy, her evil half is now the big bad, and fucking Rumpelstiltskin's gone back and forth so many times, he's just whatever. It's infuriating. It's like, it would be the worst thing Disney has done with its fairy tale characters if the descendants didn't exist. And it's just... <laughs> It's, it's unfortunate, because I, I want to like that show. I want to think it's going to get better, but then I see some of the promos of what they're planning. It's like, oh, they're going back to Neverland again in the back half of the season. I'm just like, oh, this show's so bad. You finally had to just, like, s- say it out loud. Yeah, I You mean, were trying, man. I, I was hopeful. I was like, because, again, season four was pretty good, and then it was heading downhill, and then season five was sort of a mess. But I was like, you know, maybe they'll bring it back with season six. And it real that's the biggest thing. It seemed like they were. And then yeah. they threw out all this storytelling potential to return to the same tired old Bullshit conflict well, yeah. that they've done for so long. And just for that reason, it's like, I'm still going to be watching that show. I don't, because... But, well, but, you watch Gotham. And but it's Gotham's good. <laughs> Gotham's bad good. It's, like, entertaining. This is not that yeah. at all, unfortunately. Um... So, yeah, uh, my worst show of the year was Once Upon a Time. Nice. Kevin? We're not nice, as it were. Well, my worst is, for a similar reason, just one that's totally ran out of steam for me and, like, I finally gave up on um, that I had watched for a long time and, like, uh, and reviewed and, you know, I mean, um, but Walking Dead has just totally lost steam. (laughs) I mean, it's reset. Like, and I was sticking for it for a long time, you know, I mean, I I mean. Careful of spoilers, I'm going to watch it still. Okay, no, that's fine. I mean, well, I mean, there's not, you know. But it's just like, uh, I mean, I stuck through it through the showrunner changes and everything. And for the most, I was really excited when Scott Gimble took, took, took over. And overall, he's done a really, as good a job as he can. And I mean, really, seasons four and five were good. It's season six is where it started to, but what really killed it for me was at the end of season six, building up to, you know, a big character death moment and all that. And then they don't tell you who dies, and they make you wait for the next season. It's just like to the it's just to the point where like, well, isn't oh, that we need like some... what these shows do? No, but it takes it an extra level by like not even showing you who dies. You know, like they've been they've been building up to Negan's entrance for so long, and then he comes in at the last ten minutes of season six, and and then uh, season seven from that premiere wasn't any good. It's just and then it's nothing just, happened. Nothing for happens. The entire yeah. first half of exactly. season seven. Wow. And it's just it's just real. It's a shame, you we'll know. Talk about I mean, losing like, steam. Yeah, if right. nothing happened. I mean, heck, I've even met a guy who's been on a few episodes and stuff, and it's cool. You know, I mean, like it's amazing. You have every reason running, to but, like it. Yeah, but like, and I mean, I like I said, I stuck with it through all, for a while there. Um, you know, I stayed watching it while a lot of other people had stopped. You know, but. Um, but yeah, it was just like, really, do I uh, have any reason to keep watching this? You know, like, uh, and yeah. I just couldn't get, you know, um, and I mean, yeah, it shows, I mean, the ratings are really high down this season. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. They need, but, a, they need some know. life support. Right. I mean, it was just one, like, you know, they were talking at one point about like, running forever. And I'm just like, that's just crazy. Um, so I'll tell uh, you what forever means as long as people are paying a lot. Of oh, money. I know. I know. I know. But yeah, and I mean, and Fear of the Walking Dead was terrible. Was but, it? Uh, yeah, oh, I both seasons. It. I didn't watch season two, but I, I stuck through some of season one, and I was just like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. 
It's Aww. funny. Why can't they look at the fucking ingredients of the one show and make a fucking carbon copy and, like, have a great, like, just really interesting characters right. and then, like, put them in mortal fucking peril every week? Like, that's all the fucking show is, so why can't they do that again? Right. It was supposed to be about the breakout, and then it just dropped that right, by the end right. of the sixth episode first season. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's like, no, no, I mean, now we're just surviving. The comic does a great job of that. I mean, I, agree. I, won't, I read the first, like, 13, 14 volumes, yeah. but, um... But you know, I mean, that's a, it's a it's always been a situational based you know story. But yeah, I don't. The show is just trying to go in all these different directions, and it's just it's really lost steam for me. So yeah, that would. Word. Alrighty, well, it's time sure. for my worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one that um, it had potential to be uh, best surprise of the year. Um, it is a show that was dropped. With zero fanfare, nobody knew it was coming. And there's a lot of shows on Netflix that are like that, but not mm-hmm. not this show. This is the kind of show that they would definitely talk about it a year and a half before it was put out. It's very much like a high profile sci fi show, um, and a show that like was like it, and and also the critical buzz. Like, like I think critics got it like one or two days before it got dropped, and then like all of a sudden it was like the OA is coming. The OA is coming, <laughs> um, and Whatever. like dude, the fucking OA. What does that mean? Nobody's right. gonna tell you. The OA is coming. The OA is coming, and it's like for two days it was nothing but hype, and it was like this Brit Marling. It's 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 basically her vehicle. She wanted to make this show, and she's done a couple things before that gave her enough cred to finally like follow her muse and make her show. She got Jason Isaacs to be like this evil scientist character who's pretty damn good. Jason in it. Isaacs, yeah, dude, oh, yeah. dude, wow. it's a legit show. This isn't like three percent, which is like oh, a I Brazilian mean, show like... they brought to the U.S. Oh, it, this it is keep, like it keeps popping up in my queue, but I've heard it's so bad that yeah. So this show is, and the worst part about it is, the first two episodes are fucking great. That's the worst part mm-hmm. of it. They're beautiful. They're they they have this inner-worldly. She, she she it's about near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. So she travels between like the real world and the and the other world. Sure. And which I've only gotten through like the fourth episode of it, but it basically it must tank hard. <laughs> it tanks real bad, dude. It goes so fucking bad. I mean, does the the. I, I haven't gotten far enough to know for sure, but OA basic. Don't don't. No, okay, no, no, no. all right. I I have seen the. Pilot. You're gonna watch that. It's eight episodes. Is this uh, weird? Why that? I don't know. It's eight episodes, but I don't right. know. I'm gonna check it out. So okay. 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 I mean, that's why I'm not. So I, can, I mean, every comic creator I see on Facebook like says it's bad. Like all these people. Like, it starts out really good. What did you think of the pilot? I didn't like it that much. Okay. <laughs> I thought okay. it got real weird real quick. Well, so what I like is at the last fifteen minutes of it, it has. That pilot has the latest. Um, Didn't you bite a dog at one point? And yeah, like dominate yeah. him in the pilot. Yeah, yes. it's a weird. It's got the latest title card I've ever seen in any TV show. <laughs> we laughed so hard at that. <laughs> it's got. Does that just become the theme song though? Because that's what we were guessing when we watched it. No, no, it doesn't do title cards like that or like. No. That's just it. No, that's the only one where it does it. Base, yeah, yeah. So it just like it basically the whole, like the first thirty five minutes are in the present, and then it flashes back to like her origin story, and like that's when the title card drops. And it's got, like, snow, and it's really beautifully shot. Like, it's really... Be- but anyway, what it comes down to is, at least so far, it's it's incredibly histrionic, and, like, she makes, like, these, like, gestures, and okay. it's it's very... She's very full of herself feeling. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the worst thing that a vehicle can be. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, like, a... It's a huge... It's a huge vehicle show. It's, like, Britt Marling finally got enough cred... Where she could make her fucking show, and nobody could ask her any questions, and she could make up an acronym and make it mean whatever she wants it to mean, and then like develop what it means in this really 
secretive way. And I don't know. I don't really even know what it means fully yet. I have some guesses, which I won't go into, obviously. But okay. it is a fucking train wreck. I'm going to finish it, but it's a train wreck. Yeah, no, that's what I... Like, I, well, I saw one guy post, like, um, okay, if you watch it, try to explain what it is, and then you'll see how bad it is. <laughs> like, that's a... Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's tough to explain. Um, yeah. Jason Isaacs is brilliant in it. Oh, yeah. Really menacing, sure. really good. Sure. Um, yeah, no, it seemed I like all the great ingredients for... I mean, I like the concept, and... Um, and just the brand, I'm like, okay, new sci-fi show, but everyone, I... You know, this show has my name it, all over it. Right. But isn't this just the kind of show I would yeah, like, yeah. right? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, a high-concept sci-fi right. mystery where right. nobody has any idea what it's really even about? Fuck yes, I'm buying in. Woo! Yeah. And it's so good, and the second episode gets even better. Sure. And then it's like, there's these five people, you know, they're yeah. sitting in a circle. It's... Anyway. We'll talk about it when we've both seen it all. Um, but I think that's going to be a dour conversation. Probably. Um, anyway, so. I've seen a few people who like it a lot. The whole thing? Yeah. I have two. So, I have two. I have two. I have hope. Maybe I'll be the one weird guy on it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to we'll see. see yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kevin's not um, touched. It's not impossible I, to yeah, like. It's know. not impossible to like. Um, but I, again, I haven't seen enough of it to know how bad it goes in the direction. It just I want that on going. the poster. The OA. It's not impossible to like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a quote. Well, it depends on how far it goes in the direction that I haven't been liking. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's my, uh, at least at this snapshot, four episodes in, worst show of uh, 2016, by a lot, unless it gets drastically better. <laughs> All right, uh, so that, that's, that, we're coming down, this is the number one, um, been a, if you listen to our gaming episode, I've been avoiding over, over the top intros to these, because it got weird last time. <laughs> it got real weird. We had a weird late it. night recording. Yeah, on it was just, it. it was, it got to that point where it was just like, each year, no, no. Gamers gather around their consoles, oh, wow. trying to decide what game to play and what will move them that day, or something. Oh, like, it was, it was better than that, that, though. Yeah. It was better than that. Every year, we want we go to the TV. It's our box. Yes, the black mirror it's we our look source. into. It's we try to see a reflection of our inner selves in these characters. <laughs> what we want from the world and what we want from our entertainment. And so this is this is for us. What what reflected to us as if from the eye of God. There we this go. This is our best show. Of uh, 2016, Kevin, start us off. Okay, um, I think this is kind of easy to guess now. Yeah, point, well, you guys just want to go yeah. together because right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, let's see. Well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, is there any way you want to? Um, I mean, it's there's there's it's a mic drop moment. There's all other yeah. TV. <laughs> Westworld. I mean, you yeah. know, in, in some ways that's true when you talk about like budget. I mean, shows mm-hmm. like this and Game of Thrones. Budget, fanfare, hype, viewership sure. on, on premium networks, um, discussion, taking yeah. over of the public consciousness, um, you know, big reveals and twists that blow everybody's minds. In a lot of ways, it is unlike any other TV show. Um, to me, though, I just think it just has a level of quality throughout that's just mm-hmm. so fucking high. Sure. Um, and, 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 I love a puzzle box. I'll fuck it with that fucker all day and start, like, moving little tiles and, ooh, a little thing popped out. Ooh. You know what I mean? This character is a, a, a host, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I, you know? And so for me, it's it's perfect, and it, and it lived up in every way. But I think the real reason that it doesn't fall flat for me is that by the end, everybody... Because when you have a show that's a fucking puzzle box, what's in the middle of that puzzle box better be fucking uh-huh. right. Okay. It better be real right. Because everything is built on that reveal being right. And there's a series of reveals sure. and all that. But by the end of that show, I'm fully satisfied 
in fact, more so with the depth of the characters, the decisions that they made, the way they acted, the the twists and how it was done and, and all of that stuff in in every way. So I was I left fully satisfied from a show that really depended on sticking the landing. That's how I feel because, I mean, it would have been more disappointing if it had a lackluster finale that didn't really resolve things and set it up well for season two. Um, but I think it did that in a did both. phenomenally. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, no, I could not have asked for more in the finale because I get those criticisms about yeah. it being like just so immersed in its own, you know, puzzle box and twists that, you know, the characters get kind of pushed aside. I get that because, I mean, generally well, I mean, yeah. I'm more invested in show. I mean, a lot of my favorite shows aren't, you know, stuff I've you know, like Breaking Bad or a lot of comedies or Sons of Anarchy. Or or Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy I'm going through now and I love it. Um, and even and, a show like like uh, Stranger Things, sure. is it may be it may have sci fi story and it may have like a you know some surprises to reveal, sure. but it doesn't have like a timeline issues and it doesn't right, make you right. wonder who characters. Oh, are. and I and I'm usually very like I'm getting pretty sick of like time travel stuff and um, all this, but the way it's handled here, the intersecting timelines and um, the world building, it's just done with such mastery that. Um, and you have, I mean, not only do you have Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy at the helm, but, um, you have Ed Brubaker there in the writer's room. Right. You have, um, some great directors on board. You have, um, I mean, the music by... Oh I cannot, my god. I can't pronounce his name. He's the same guy who's Game of Thrones, and he did the Pacific Rim soundtrack, too. Um, and it has yeah. things, like, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because it has things, every episode has a player piano version of sure. like a song from the 80s or 90s yeah and it's just awesome so like you'll get come as you are playing or something yeah. like that like playing on the player piano sure. and then like it'll have implications later in the plot sure. uh or um um uh fake plastic trees by radiohead will be playing on yeah, the player yeah, yeah, piano yeah. and it's just like i could say haha now i know exactly what area they're going with identity in this right. and, and does right. anything really have any substance anymore in this episode right. Um, and just to that level of, you know, thinking that goes into that to plan each step is just really phenomenal. Because, um, and I couldn't do that, you know. I mean, I'm writing a comic right now, and it's taken me a while to sure. kind of plot out, and that, and it's a very goofy space opera kind of thing. But right. to do well, something like it. this, that's an intellectual um, science fiction shit, and to have it not fall apart under exactly its own weight is just. Well, really for some people, I understand it did fall apart under its own yeah, weight. But here's the other thing. And here's the other thing, too, that I think is really important, and this is the last thing I'm going to probably say about it, and that is, unlike Mr. Robot, where the twist is not justified plot-wise... Right. Oh, sorry. Um, the, the way they handle different timelines, if there are timelines... Sure. Um, the way they handle characters, reveals, and all that kind of stuff was all done, and, and, the, and, the, and the, when you get to the end and you find out what was when and where, and the, you, you, you not only understand it all, but you understand why they probably sat down, realized the kind of story they wanted to tell, and decided to tell it this way. It actually makes sense for the plot and the discussion of consciousness and achieving consciousness to frame it the way they framed it. It actually makes some sense. So the, the so not only so the narrative structure is not just there to be a puzzle box, but because making it a puzzle box actually serves the plot. Also, absolutely. No, so, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean, it's just one of those filmmaking things. standpoint, writing, acting. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. I'm so, with you. I'm gonna pick that mic back and, up. No, right, yeah, yeah, right. we we fully allow because it's expensive. Okay. No, it's, okay. um, it's understandable. Totally okay. Uh, I get it. So a lot of what you who's said, your favorite character is it Maeve? Huh. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't know. Okay. It's hard to say. Okay. Don't like any of them. I got it. 
probably go Evan Rachel Wood because of performance yeah. right now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so for me, a lot of the things you said apply to the show that I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a show that I was completely enraptured by. Uh, it's a show that I rewatched. I think the first three or four episodes three times each because I would well, I watched it and then I had to be. I was like, no, no, you need to see this. And I showed it to my fiance and I showed it to my mom and it was like. I kept wanting, I just like, yeah, anytime just to watch it because it was so good and it was so enrapturing throughout. And it also gets to the idea of um, being relevant to today's society, even though it's a story about the past. Um, American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Okay. was phenomenal. Um, it did a wonderful job. And again, I... I Better, better men than I know, better men and women than I know that, you know, the historical inaccuracies and the issues it had. And I, I read a lot of those articles, too. But at its heart, it got to what the case was. It looked at the racial issues in America at the time that are certainly still present today. Um, and how that case became what it was more than just about the murder and about what it represented. It looked at the start in a lot of ways of the, you know, celebrity culture that a lot of people that hated that the you know, young Kardashians were, were fairly fe- prominently featured in a couple episodes early on, but that's what they came out of, that, that, you know, that's where the fame, a lot of it came from was because of that. And, you know, um, the idea of everything can be televised and made into a show and made into a production. And that's exactly what like that case... Like the Bronco chase. Yeah, that's exactly what that case was. And the way it was extremely episodic. I mean... It is the one large story of the case and all the issues around it, but there was an episode dedicated to the the beginning and the murder. There was dedicated to the chase, to the forming of the dream team, to the prosecution, to the crazy conspiracy theories, to an episode completely dedicated to the jury and what they were going through. You watched these three times each. Well, not not the whole season, the first four or so episodes, because they had that's what I, that's when I caught up and you know showing it to people. But it was enrapturing every time. Like I could not. There are so many shows that I love, but that I can also play a game during or. Right, but it was like wow. no, I was laser focused on watching the show because the performances were so good. This is so interesting to me, knowing Jordan, like that this was the show that grabbed and it's him. It's surprising, yeah. Really surprises me. Not, not that oh, like not... I much more expected Atlanta to be your pick or something like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just this episode, this show, and what it did, and how it told the story, and how it told things that you know I wasn't alive. I mean, I was alive at the time, but I was four or five. Sure. I wasn't following the O.J. Simpson case. Um, but even I was aware of it. I mean, Mama, it was... glove doesn't fit. <laughs> the glove doesn't fit. You must have quit. What a genius um, ad campaign, man. And, you know, it's like just the fact that I was three or four, but I was still so aware because it was the thing in that time period. I mean, you probably know better. You I was were, there. You were, you I were was, like 14 I was so. experiencing it at the time, and it was a crazy thing. Um, and it, what was so crazy about it was that, like, you know, the African-American community was celebrating a travesty of justice and it felt really bad but you understand when you look at it in context what was really being celebrated you know was 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 that you you get it i don't have to go into the details of it but that was really but but from my perspective not understanding all of that it just looked like a travesty of justice that people were celebrating and that can be problematic and it's just interesting you know and then when you get more context on what was going on race-wise in the country and what oj represented and what you see about him um, it, it's just, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating subject matter. 
uh, to, to look at. And, and I, But no, it was the hugest thing. I came home one day and the chase was going on. And I saw that chase. Wow. Like after school, I was like, oh my God, look. And it was live at the time. And I was just it's like, what's going on? Impossible to look away there? from a car chase. I was like, what is going on there? And, and, and my mother said, um, OJ, he's on the run. OJ Simpson, this guy, this football player, he's, he's literally running from police right now. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And you saw like the the sky came. I mean, it, it it happened. It's crazy. And the episode and the episode about it does a great job of showing what was going on in the car and where the mental state was at. Which Just I never exactly, knew exactly. And that's why it's so. There's so many deeper levels. Like. I didn't know anything about Mark Furman or his Nazi ties. I just knew, like, the big things you remember outside of it is, you know, the, the glove don't fit, you don't quit, the Bronco chase, the verdict. The horrible murder, uh, his apparent jealousy, you know. Yeah, and then so much of it's like, and again, the race goes deeper than just that divide. It looks at, you know, how he was a famous, but he was also, like, the, the he was he was the African-American white people liked because right. he was rich and affluent right. and he right. did all that stuff. And then I, I honestly... It only got better, like, some of the later episodes with the testimonies and the courtroom fights and the behind-the-scenes, you know, developments and how, you know, it's, it's, you always hear, you know, truth is stranger than fiction and just some of the things that caused issues in that case that you would be like, if you wrote this into a screenplay, you'd get laughed out of the room because it's so ludicrous. Well, you want to talk stranger than fiction, would anybody have ever believed that OJ would get off for murder and then now he's in jail? Yeah. For stealing his trophies back or something? I forget the exact aggravated assault and, yeah. and and armed robbery or the whole if I did it book controversy. Can that I there even was? believe that that came out? It's it's a fucking confession, uh-huh. and it's just seeing it all. And again, yeah, like I said earlier, the performances are fantastic. Um, it does a great even job. Cuba. Even Cuba, even um, Cuba. I liked Cuba. Um, it just I was enraptured. Like I. You know, it's like the first season of Serial. And, you know, I'm curious to see what the next season is. It's about, you know, the, the New Orleans and FEMA response and all that. And there's nothing quite as enrapturing as a murder. So I don't know yeah. if it's gonna do what it like that'll that be did, like. Right. You know, it's like the second season of Serial wasn't as, as immediately engaging and enrapturing as the first. Because there's that, ah, uh, who did it? Did they do it? What's the question here? Yeah, yeah. And somehow knowing the outcome didn't change just how enrapturing hearing the story was. Yeah, um, that's cool. And so yeah, for that reason, um, I'm break. I'm, I I loved American Crime Story: The People versus O.J. Simpson. I think it is a great show that you should check out if you haven't. And I still even just want to rewatch it because it's so enrapturing and good. Uh, but that was my best show of the year, uh, and I guess that was our best TV show show of that the year. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think a couple honorable mentions. I didn't want to go. Into. Oh yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Well, I just right didn't away. want to go into any because I didn't know if I'd be stealing somebody's. Thing. Fair enough. Fair um, I think the really the one that I wanted to talk about particularly would be Atlanta. I think that's an important show to talk about this year. Uh, I've seen the first three or four episodes, and that's like Twin Peaks meets what was the other show? It was the the tagline. It was like Twin Peaks meets um, uh, 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 straight out of Compton or something like that. You know, it was some kind of concept like that. But basically, it's I, some of the best. It, it was up there for best episode for me because there were two moments in that show that I just thought were so amazing. One of them was the one where um, uh, he's at the, the the restaurant. We talked about this, Jordan. And, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the he's at a fancy restaurant trying to take out, like, his girlfriend. His long-suffering, in a way, girlfriend, because, like, he has no money ever. He's completely broke. Um, and uh, she's, like, out working. They have a kid together, and he's, like, trying to woo her, but, like, 
she kind of doesn't want a loser who's doing nothing with his life, you know? And so he kind of lives with her, but, like, doesn't get any respect from her. But anyway, he tries to, like, impress her. But, like, there's some love there. I haven't gotten far enough to really know all the mm-hmm. details. But but he, he gets to the point where he wants to take her out for a nice dinner. And, like, he just got paid his commission check. And it's, like, $35. And he's trying to take her out to a nice dinner. There's supposed to be a special that is no longer applicable that was another part of it yeah they get there and it's like see hey you guys still have the blah blah they're like oh no that was on an old menu but we do have and they point out like this crazy expensive thing basically the whole time is him getting upsold on the menu and just like he doesn't have nearly enough money to cover it and he's just there sweating and i know how that feels near a restaurant you can't afford and it was it was brutal and then there's that scene where he's just like at the end he goes to the waitress or yeah or is she she's trying to get him to buy dessert and he's just like would you cut it out? You're fucking killing me. <laughs> this whole meal, you've been killing me. It was so good. It's such a good... And then like he he and then when he calls... It's such a good ensemble of stories because at the same time in that one, his uh, his cousin, who, who he's like managing the rap career of, who's like this kind of crazy outlandish rapper dude and his even crazier sidekick, are off at like a really dangerous drug deal at the same time and Donald Glover has to get money transferred into his account from his cousin he asks for it and when he calls it's like the most tense part of this dangerous drug deal it's just this comedy of errors it's uh, so funny no, there's so many great scenes I mean this the for me the episode I really wanted to squeeze it in somewhere because there's so many good moments but the, the second the episode the, when they're that was when my second when one. he's waiting and hold up for all day that was my second like, one it's just him experiencing that. And then conversely, there's Paperboy, which is his cousin. He sees a bunch of kids that are like playing like the shooting that just happened. He's like, no, you, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And this the way all the scenes play out. It's just such a great show. And it was a great year in general for, you know, African-American black entertainment. Um, getting to come to the forefront between that and um, Luke Cage, obviously, mm-hmm. and Insecure. And there's just so many shows, and ideally there will be more, and it'll continue to grow. But Atlanta was a highlight. That was one of my honorable mentions as well, yeah. I mean, I just thought, I I really thought that show was excellent, the part that I saw of it. I didn't get to uh, the Black Justin Bieber, but that's awesome. And I also understand that show. It had, like, this weird dog you see, but I understand it has, like, supernatural Twin Peaksy elements that I didn't really get to that are probably really interesting. Um this show's cool. He's giving me this yeah. knowing look, like, oh, you don't even know shit yet. It's, it's a good it. show. It's just, uh, it's excellent. I'm trying to think what else. Well, I'll throw one out. Yeah. Uh, another one of my honorable mentions, which I had written down, Supergirl was one. I mean, mm, it was very close. It's just, uh, Degrassi was another. I had mentioned that. Honestly, if any of my top three hadn't been quite on point, it might have made it just for sheer entertainment value. Um, and then lastly, weird though it is, uh, Terrace House, which is a Japanese reality show about six t- uh, mid-twenties Japanese youths living in a house together and the interpersonal relationships that develop. And it's what? not dramatic like the real world at all or any of that. It's just them living together. And drama erupts, but it's like, it's such a different culture and it's so fascinating the way we got like enraptured into Where it. Where do you like, see that? It's on Netflix. Terrace House? Terrace House, Boys and Girls yeah. in the City. And it's just a... That sounds great. How long is it? It's, uh, I think the first two seasons, which are Terrace House, I think it's 38 episodes, and then Terrace House Aloha State is coming in a few weeks. Um, but the other great thing about it is they have, because it, it there's no real talking heads, it's just them living together uh-huh. and going on dates and hanging out. And it's out. subtitled? It's subtitled. They have a panel of, like... Japanese commentators, like some famous Japanese comedians and luminaries, who watch it and then do like comment. Like every ten minutes, the show will stop and they'll just commentate on what just happened and how this character is being a huge dick and how this 
they're maybe they're falling in love and like they're that's argue a, over. That's a smarter way to handle the dramatization because you know what that takes away from what that what that gets what what fell. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. The Robin bus moved, but uh, that's that not what weird. fell though. It was like a boom. All right. Anyway, yeah, anyway, but, um, yeah. but I wanted to say that in most like The Bachelor, what you see in like he's totally fixated on what might have fallen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. anyway. Um, so he um, the uh, movies. Oh, oh, it was the movies? behind the Batman bust. The TV. Oh, movies. I'll get them later. No, okay. no worries. Uh, it's gonna. I wait. No, that was that was like a, I was it's like, what? Didn't move it. it. Oh no, you, you know, yeah, I was. Going. I'm just glad that, like, that's what I know what it was. More behind-the-scenes intrigue. Yes. In, yes. Well, he has, studio. Well, Kevin, has right. his, Kevin has his stuff in his room, like, just how he wants it. And, like, and I, and that's... Usually you're not really neurotic about stuff, but that's, like, the one thing you're really picky about. So yeah, let, me, yeah, let me get yeah, them right here. All right, okay, cool. No. All right, they looked good. All right. Um... But but like on like you see on on uh, the show I was oh God what it's such like a generic name Unreal you see on that show like that and the Bachelor they have to coach and really get these people to say exactly what they want them to say so that they can put, set up some kind of narrative thread of the show but that solves that problem because they get to dramatize it themselves and it takes out that invisible fake hand approach yeah it is really intriguing I mean just the way again it's what it's, kind of jobs do they have uh there's um I'm trying to are there any tech guys or gaming guys. There is the guys are there's a hairstylist, a tap dance instructor, and slash luminary who won a bunch of rewards, and then a college baseball player, um, and then one's a, one of the girl women is a model, uh, and I'm blanking. I think one's in school to be I think a nurse or doctor. It's been a hot minute. We watch we were watching it before Magfest, and we're still getting caught up on it. Um, but just the way the plots will develop, and it'll be like, oh, they'll they'll go on dates, and it feels so genuine because it's just young Japanese people like falling in love and dating and having crushes on one another, and That's one of awesome. them's like super. It's like there there are scenes where it's like you'll think one is like the best character ever, or, or that one is like really low key, and then he's like, nah. After he's watched the other two kind of start flirting, he's like, I'm gonna ask all three women out on a date, and he asks them all out, and he's like, <laughs> he's one like of them, the you in in high school. He's like one of them. He's like, yeah, plan a date for us. And the other one is like, no, I know what she's like, so I'm going to plan the date. And it's like, and then one of them who seemed like the best character ever might actually be a huge dick. Yeah, that's what's interesting about real life is like people are both really cool and huge dicks at the same time, yeah. like in real life. Yeah, so right? it's like yeah. watching the power ranking of which characters we like. And we, we've not watched it yet without watching four or five episodes in a row because it's Are they so, 20, 30 minutes or are they your hour? They're 28-minute episodes, yeah. but That's it, solid, too. It is... Weird how good it is, but that's uh, cool. yeah, I don't that's know. Why, one of my honorable that's that's awesome. That's how about you? Cool. Honorable mention. So I liked Love a lot. Which I have to tell. Did you finish that? Bit. I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh I wow. It came out. How did that go? Like as the rest of the season was. I it? liked it. It was a cool mix of like drama and comedy. Um, you know, it's not a laugh out loud show. Does it have a good like not... like plot? Yeah, and it ends on a interesting note too. But um, you know, because both the the main characters are extremely flawed. Um, right and yeah just a little and they kind of really uh and there's an interesting moment at the end there but um yeah there's a lot of really funny moments in it too i mean he puts it judd apto put his daughter in the show as mm-hmm. this like bratty child actress that um he to the main character tutors um and they there's some cameos from um yeah the teacher in freaks and geeks which is really cool um so i enjoyed that one um still love unbreakable kenny schmidt that's still one of my favorite comedy yeah era, i'd like um and i don't know if this will 
and they jarred I was like, but I really enjoyed Daredevil season two. So I didn't hate uh, it. I oh, just yeah, thought yeah, no, it was, like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the weakest of their four Netflix well, seasons. Well, in, in terms of what I get, I totally get what you said about like um, how there's no real connection between the Punisher and the Electric Arcs. That to me though actually made it stronger because that it's I two like, seasons. Yeah, I like because like I feel like a lot, especially a lot of Netflix shows are slaves to this like one season. Well, arc it's a lot. Thing. Like yeah. it's a lot. I well, know it'd be one thing if they had cut it off, but like Punisher's in the whole season. It's just suddenly he's in his own origin season as opposed to having anything. Yeah, but, I don't know. But I don't know. I just kind of liked that there wasn't a huge connection between him and Elektra and that they could play out again I don't think they needed to have a connection but it'd be like if Arrow season 5 suddenly was like oh Green Lantern we're getting we're going to space and Green Lantern's fighting aliens okay, yeah, and yeah. then he never comes sure. to Earth it's, it's sure, just sure. it's just a weird creative no it decision. was a, yeah it was a, yeah it's different but uh, no, I, but I, I really enjoyed that one and I like Luke Cage and so, I loved Elektra yeah, yeah. so I, I so sure. Luke Cage is another honorable mention yeah cool well I think we got a good coverage on the year yeah, it was an interesting year for sure. I I think twenty seventeen is going to be even more fun. I mean, I just love being a TV fan. I feel so mm-hmm. lucky. Um, that I mean, it's why it's the joy of you know yeah, what I mean. No. We are so lucky to be in this era of entertainment. It's off to a good start for me. Agents of Shield had a great mid season oh, premiere and a series of unfortunate events was really it? good. Oh, so I haven't far. tried it yet. How is that? It's good. The pilot yeah, was it, really good. It's very like it's total Wes Anderson and like, I actually do like the movie. And I grew up on those books, so I mean, like okay. it, it's a huge nostalgia for me. The the show is pretty much straight up comedy. Um, Sounds you know, good, like, but. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, dude, you guys need to watch Three Percent, man. Yeah, that show's sick. Yeah, that show is sick, and it's super fun. Anyway, well, um, go ahead. Where can we find us? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at. Well, did you have something else you were going to say about entertainment? No, no I was okay. going to do the spiel. Okay, so yeah, you can find me at Rich Lapore or on the main site. Uh, which is thejoyofgeek.net. You can also find all of our podcasts on thejoyofgaming.com. Jordan. Oh yeah, you can find us on Facebook at the Joy of Geek, the Joy of Gaming. Find us on Twitter at the Joy of Game, uh, and you can find me at Indigo Master E N D I G O M A S T E R on Twitter, as well as JordanAlsega.tumblr.com. Kevin, cool. uh, you can find me on Twitter at K W Shafe. That's K W S C H A E F. Um, JoyofGeek.net, NCComicCon.com, um, and Oak City Comic Con is coming up, so we will be there. We'll have a table. More. No, 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 no. NC Comic Con well, Oak, Oak City. City. I know that. Yeah, but it's ah. rebranded, so it's like there's gonna be two NC Comic Cons a year. Um, but it's yeah, this is NC Comic Con Oak City. Um, but that'll be March 18th and 19th. At the I Raleigh think it's Convention just called NC Comic Con Raleigh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oak but, City. Come on. But I mean, Bull, oh, the other one's Bull City. Bull City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Alan likes to be creative with his name, so yeah, it works. Bull so, City. Bull City and then Oak City. The dumbest Pokemon meme out of them, too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was cool. What is it, Tauros? Yeah, I put Tauros and Professor Oak because it's a red symbol and a blue symbol for yeah. the two cons. So it was just like, Oak that was and cool. Tauros. Uh, so, yeah. But anyway. if you're in Raleigh or Triangle area or you just want to come visit, you know, um, come hit we it will up. be there. Come, awesome. Come by our table. Very cool. Well, on that note, I'm Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And we'll be back real soon. Take care.